The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 231. Today's date, it's an easy one. It's March 1st. 2022 tomorrow is every second matters just a quick shout out for all of you people out there that uh take part in the every second matters movement but uh we are live as always on youtube and over on facebook if you're out there live in the in the discussion in the chat say something if you're out there we don't know that you're out there unless you do throughout this podcast if you have any questions for myself or our guests go ahead and tag myself or any of us and we'll try to get those questions answered um, if you want to call or text in, yes, you can call and text into the show. Please utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That phone number is 530-364-4678. It is right down below scrolling. If you are a veteran, really anyone, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole and you're trying to dig your way out and you're questioning whether there's still light out there, Please call me, contact me with email, text, phone, whatever, 24-7. I cannot give you any medical advice, but I sure as hell can probably be a pretty decent ear and maybe talk you through some stuff. If, in fact, you are looking to get some help towards some medical help, please remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are able and willing to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, please, I implore you, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. It is scrolling down below. The Veteran Crisis Hotline of Veterans, press the number one. We are, as always, spotlighting the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title of United States Marine, See the website marines.com. And as always, we are a proud member of the Self Defense Radio Network. Please check out all the awesome podcasts over on selfdefenseradio.net. Let me get this off of my ugly mug and uh, open it up to uh, our guests. We have guys who's obviously he's always here. I can't, I even send him the wrong link sometimes, and the freaking dude still shows up somehow. But he is always riding shotgun with us. He is a tactical virus. I mean, a leprechaun from the great state of Texas. I think I'm his hype man by now. Is that a thing? Our hype man's still around, but I think I'm Clover's hype man. What's up, Holmes? Yeah. Hey, man. So, being shotgun, what is your shotgun of the week? Man, you'll dig this one. Oh, I will. Okay. I chose. I chose it especially for you because it's got tactical in the name, right? Oh yeah! How about the Beretta 1301 Tactical? Ooh, I like ye. I yeah. like ye. Yeah. I like ye. Yeah, I approve of that stamp. Ghost approved. You would. I, 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 I'll put it this way: I only get a little bit of an itch, but I don't get the the full on rash when you start talking shotguns. If you're talking about a tactical shotgun, now, so does I'm your good. stamp really mean anything? That's hell no. Yeah. No, it means much less in my household. So, yeah. 
as, as I think we all can agree with go. that. There you go. And we've got uh, our special guest tonight, our good buddy. Um, man, I don't even know where to start with this guy. This guy, we're, we're going to get into his story, but he's been in and out and around and with and through and everything you can within the, the firearm industry. But a few years ago, he took that leap of faith and and really started an organization that I don't know if he truly understands how far it is reaching and how much it's helping. I hope he does. But we're going to go into it. We have our good buddy, Mike Sedini from Walk the Talk America. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Thanks for that intro. That's uh, that's I'm, awesome. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I've turned to a hype man, bro. That's all I am. You know, Colin McGregor doesn't need his own hype man, but I want to be a hype man, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, you're definitely you're hired. Yeah, <laughs> I can't pay you, but you're hired. Oh, no, it's, it's it's all good. It's like the rest of my life. Can't pay you, but I'm gonna have a hell of a lot of fun doing whatever I'm doing. You know, yeah, no uh, well, we uh, we're gonna have a good discussion tonight. And thank you. First, of all, I want to start off uh, for someone that uh, takes the mental health side of of life very seriously. You and I have had long discussions. Been on some. Uh, I don't even know what they call it, but uh, with the VA, we've been on some groups together and meetings with some people you take this thing very seriously and we're going to find out the story we most people do but we're going to go into the origins of this but then we're going to talk about moving forward and what's going on with wealth talk america but before we do that we usually have on thursdays saturdays and mondays we have our polls uh, last week i forgot to put the polls out because we were iced in and i was busy watching netflix and all that about being snowed and iced in the house so i'm not very smart and I didn't put the polls out. So what we're going to do, we're going to have a little fun. We're going to do some with Mike and Clover. Instead, we're going to do some fun little rapid fire questions real quick to get the, kind of the blood flow and let people get out with the uh, notifications. So here we go. I'm going to start with Mike. What's the best present you ever received? The best present I've ever received? Yeah. Was being left alone. <laughs> like i get it yeah I, I get I, it. honestly i cannot there's nothing that makes me more uncomfortable like my whole life than receiving a gift from somebody yeah i don't know yeah. what that is it's just like a weird thing so like i don't mind giving them it just there's yeah. this there, it's like a tick or something so being left alone like i don't like my birthday recognized i can't stand yeah. holidays <laughs> You know, my wife and I are, are fairly similar. We don't really celebrate much. Like for, for birthdays, we'll, we'll cook whatever their favorite meal is or, you know, but we don't do the present thing. Valentine's, we don't do the present thing. The only thing we really do presents is for Christmas, and that's more for my daughter and all of that. I mean, we're, we're just, it's what it is, you know, it, it's it's what it is. But yeah. Uh, Clover, are you a night owl or do you like the night or day? Are you a night owl or not? Mm, that's a good question. Um, mm. it's supposed to be a rapid fire thing i'm just saying <laughs> he's Don, lining it up Don, that's that's yeah i i can't answer that i don't know okay right. i'm probably probably be up at night than i would be during the day if i had a choice I'd i mean i like staying up because i get it seems i get more done yeah however um I get really, really cranky, really, really quick without my sunshine. So you do. Yeah. So while I would, I would want to say not Al, it's like, eh, I can't do that for very long. Yeah. A B says the best presence ammo. Well, right now I, I would guarantee it. 
Uh, I'm going to go back to Clover real quick and go back up to Mike after this. Clover, what do, what do you think that people most misunderstand about you? What's the what's the most misunderstandable thing about you that people just don't get? Ooh. I have to ask the tough questions. Yeah, it's rapid fire. It's like rapid fire is supposed to be like favorite ice cream, favorite cereal. You know, like you ask these really deep philosophical I've, questions. I've got this. I've but, got this. Hey, but at least you're only asking one question a piece. You're not ghosting this. Right. So. I've got this 350 rapid fire question. You just click a button, it pops one up. So misunderstood. I think misunderstood. Mm. Talking about. Mm. You're talking about like online or are you talking about like local or just well i mean whatever whatever just what's that one thing that most people that meet you probably misunderstand about you oh that meet me i probably i probably seem a lot more friendly than i actually am that's true that's true i can see that all right, and Sadini, the last one for you. What is your favorite go-to karaoke song? Like, what's the go-to, babe? You got it. Not applicable. Like, unless I'm on black tar heroin and someone put that there, I'm not singing karaoke. That's never going to happen. But if I, <laughs> if you had to, if I had to, we're hitting the party. karaoke bar now. Shot twenty-three. Right, so shot twenty-three. We're gonna get your ass in a karaoke Chapman. bar somehow. What's an easy song to sing that you can't massacre? I don't have that great a voice. You know what I mean? Who cares? Anything Guns N' Roses because you can Anything just from Bob Dylan? Anything Bob from Dylan. Janis Joplin? I mean, How about like Don't Stop Believing from like Journey? I mean, oh even God. if you try to hit, you're not going to hit the notes, but everyone tries can, and everyone understands you're not going to hit those notes, you know? I think, I think Mike is a take on me guy. That's what I think. Yeah, there you go. Take on me by maybe, Allah. Maybe, maybe some Vanilli. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Jesus. Sorry. This got way downhill. Uh, so we're going to kind of get into it. And the funny thing, you brought up shot because we were just talking before the show started. Um, we had a moment at shot and we went by and we, we saw Mike a couple different times. We were, we were crossing past. So you, he was busy. You were in meetings a lot during shot, which is a great thing. But we were able to catch up with you. And the first time we caught up to you, Zeke was there and the four of us start talking and it went down like the weirdest rabbit hole conversation that you could possibly think of somehow, some way we're in the middle of shot show 2022 in Vegas. And we have a 15 to 20 minute conversation on men's hair care products for the balding man and how we got on that. I don't know, but it was probably the best conversation we had at shot. Uh, and Mike was saying that that was just like surreal that how do we get there? I don't even remember. How did we get there? It was, was Zeke talking about his product that he's using or something? That's, that's one of the beautiful things about Zeke is he just <laughs> plays it straight up no matter what. And I don't know. He said something about his, his hair thinning. And then I was just it's, like, it's flowing, it's thinning, but it is definitely yeah, flowing. But I know I have that exact issue. So that really spoke to me because I was like, oh, there's another dude that's going to put it out there. Cause I was like, yeah, man, like I look at my hair every day. I don't want to puke. And then like, even today I took my daughter to get her hair dyed and the girl that dyes her hair was giving me a haircut. And my daughter's like, don't take too much off because he's Ooh. losing it. Like that's she literally said that. <laughs> so I think about that conversation at Shacho like every day, <laughs> you guys still have hair. I, 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 here's a beautiful thing about it is I'm going to be blessed. I think 
knock on formica um my dad my grandpa like all the guys in my family have always had like thick heads of hair it's been white i'll be white in the next two or three years but a lot of hair so comes from uh, your mother's side well then i don't know i never met my grandpa mother's side because he died anyway i was a bad omen to him he like literally died the next day after i was born but i never got to meet him but i think he had a lot of hair too real thick hair so i don't know I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that was an interesting conversation. But uh, we'll go, before we kind of go into all that, let's talk about SHOT Show real quick. Um, you were busy, Mike, and with meetings and all that. I know a lot of things have come out of that. Is there anything that um, you want to talk about that maybe kind of happened at SHOT that was not expected for Walk the Talk America? Uh, you know, for me, it was more or less confirmation that people have been talking about Walk Talk America. That was really good to hear. I mean, I had uh, quite a few people like stop me when they'd see me maybe walking one of the halls or something. And they're like, man, I'm hearing so much stuff about Walk Talk America. That's great. Um, For, you know, for me, the payoff obviously was, was converting some of these companies to get on board with what I call like this movement. Right. Um, Sure. You know, Hornady made a a pretty big commitment. Um, And when I say commitment, I don't even mean just financially. Um, I'm talking about like getting behind the movement. So like, for example, Century Arms is now putting in their next 30,000 guns to walk to talk America flyer, right? Like that's the stuff that, you know, was really exciting. But, you know, keep in mind, like there's a lot of companies that I met with that were like, I've never even heard of you, which is fine. You know, I get it. Um, But like, that's the whole thing is at least now I'm getting the meetings. And that was the beauty about the SHOT Show this year because not everybody was there and it wasn't one of those like super crowded shot shows compared to like most years. I think I was able to get meetings that maybe I wouldn't have been able to get if it would have been any other year. So. Yeah. Uh, Santee's out there. I want to say hi to her. So she's uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Santee. She does a great job. Uh, go show her, her some love. She's doing a great job kind of starting out in this game, uh, kind of still a newbie, uh, but doing some great stuff go check out Santee TV out there. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And that was the kind of thing about shot show. And I think Clover will, we, we said it was, you know, the four or five that we've been, it, it was by far the best because you were able to actually have meaningful conversations for us, from our side with companies, from the companies with buyers, whether it's media, they cared about the media or not, but able to have those 15 to 45 minute meetings that you were able to have where usually it's two or three minutes. Hey, here's my card. I'll call you in a couple of weeks and, and all of that. So I'm glad to hear that you were able to have some meaningful ones. I'm glad to hear that the people um, were a lot more receptive to all the talk that we had not heard of you because we talk about this a lot privately and Clover jump in here as well. The mental health side of our industry and I know this is one of the things that you want when you first start out. I love the quote that you said uh, that you want people to be able to talk about mental health like it's the common cold. And that stuck with me from day one when you said that. Um, and I think it's getting a lot better, but that's still kind of the the dark cloud, big elephant in the room that the industry slash community, they, they really don't want to talk about. But they don't understand that by not talking about it, they're doing a disservice to those. We've all had mental breaks. We've all had crises in our lives. We've all had moments of non-clarity, but there's something that you can do about it. When it comes to the firearms industry, you know, we talk about when there is a mass shooting, 
the first thing that our industry does is kind of what you were saying is, is we blame mental health. We blame the suicide. Well, those numbers aren't real because two thirds of those are suicide. Instead of just making it as a, an argument against it. Why don't we say, yeah, two thirds of those are suicide. What can we do to help? What can we do to stop this? So what I want to do is I want to, and I know we've been down this road before, but there's a lot of new people that might not have heard and you're coming in on on an anniversary here in a few months, but I want people to kind of briefly kind of hear the story of when, how, and why Walk the Talk America became what it is. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm a third generation firearms industry professional. Um, you know, I've said this before I got into the fire, I got into firearms because of nepotism. I hadn't, you know, I didn't have any hate for firearms at all. I just didn't have any love for firearms either. Um, but it was a family business. And I knew after I graduated college, I was going to go work for my family. It was kind of like a known thing, um, which wasn't a bad position to be in, but, uh, being that I wasn't like a, uh, your stereotypical gun guy, I didn't grow up around guns. Um, I was able to kind of sit back and recognize little patterns and just see little learning in the industry, right? Hanging around with people that were hunters, hanging around with people that were uh, obviously like I started hanging around with more active duty vet, uh, active duty military and vets, uh, first responders, just by nature, if you go to any gun show. Um, and one thing that I noticed is that um, we had an issue talking about suicide and it was something that plagued us. So like at many shows, uh, you'd see somebody there and you'd develop a relationship with them and they would come to like the NRA show or the SHOT show. And then like a year later, they may be gone. And, you know, you just, oh, this so-and-so did this with a fire, you know, they took their life, you know, and it's like, wow. Um, but at that time, like there was a, a, a narrative that the NRA created that, uh, you know, those are the things that are gonna get weaponized against us. And and, and part of it's probably true, right? Like there, there, there were things that could be weaponized against us. Um, but in 2009, the president of my company and a really good friend of mine, uh, took his life with a firearm. And that for me, uh, when, when, when that happened, one of the oddest things was like his funeral was like a who's who of the firearms industry and nobody talked about it. Like we swept it under the rugs. It didn't make it in any of the industry mags, nothing like that. And I thought, wow, this is so weird that, that, you know, especially when we lose the people that we hold near and dear to our hearts, but we can't talk about it because we don't want it to be weaponized against us. It just, it's a bad position to be in. And I always wanted to do something, but I never, I never could put my finger on what, right? What can we do? Um, and then in 2018, I had a chance meeting with a lady and she said that if you under, if you think it's all mental health and, and mass shootings are mental health and suicide, all this stuff, you, how do you work with the mental health community to come up with solutions that you guys can do if you can't do restrictions and stuff like that, which was a really brilliant question. Um, and for me, I just wanted to take the easy way out. I thought, oh, what if we give them money, right? Because they got to have the answers. Like, I think a lot of people in the gun industry had that feeling like they have the answers. They need to solve it. They need to solve it. Uh, it's not the tool. Right. Um, but unfortunately, they don't have the answers. Uh, they they never had the answers. The answers weren't there. Uh, you know, I had read so many articles when I first started the organization because I had to find a mental health organization that was, I want to say, gun neutral. They didn't have to be, I, I knew there wasn't going to be one that was like super pro gun. But I, did, I couldn't I couldn't contact one that was anti-gun. That was never going to fly. Um, but I found Mental Health America. And in their position paper 72, they say, this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but we're going to take this stance. Uh, we do not believe that restricting people's firearms or going after guns is the answer to solve any of these issues. Um, you know, they blamed it more on, on budget cutbacks. 
uh, and everything like that. So to me, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, what if I can rally the gun industry to, to give them money to, you know, make up for some of the loss that they've had over the years? And, you know, there's plenty of articles out there that talked about budget restraints and cutbacks and mental health and things like that. So it seemed good to me. But unfortunately, they just didn't have the outreach and the stuff that I was looking for. They didn't have the answers. And, you and know, there's plenty of articles. Whoa. Somebody jumping in? No. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> no, but so, you know, having said that, it's a very depressing day when I realized, like, I don't want to just give money to, to mental health. Anybody could do that. Right. Um, so it was a very, very, very depressing day to go back to my board and be like, they don't have the answers. And they're telling me to do suicide prevention. And at first I couldn't wrap my head around that because I was like, oh, I want to do uh, want to do mass shootings. I want to stop mass shootings. And it wasn't anybody in the firearms industry. Um, everybody was super supportive, but they kept uh, everybody in the, from the mental health side. Some of the most brilliant minds in the world were pushing me back to suicide prevention. And um you know, they were like, look, finding the next mass shooters, like finding a needle in a haystack. So I'm watching these people who are supposed to have the answers, throw their hands up. Right. That, that was pretty powerful to me um, and pushed me to suicide prevention. And when I finally understood why it is so important to focus on suicide prevention, to get upstream, to prevent the unpredictable and maybe catch some of the people that potentially could be mass shooters in that wide net, regardless. Right. Um, you know, it, it was like a light switch. Okay. What are we going to do now? How do we look at what we can do as an industry where we have valuable space? We we can communicate sometimes, uh, right? Like uh, so we can educate sometimes. Um, and I thought, okay, now you got to start figuring out how the gun industry can make these changes and get ahead of this. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then it became ultimately like the ultimate goal is to get the firearms industry where the alcohol industry got with DUIs, right? Like nobody blames Johnny Walker. And somebody does something tragic. That's right. Well, and, and I think a lot of it comes down to, and you know what I want to mean by this. And I think a lot of people out there will understand it might not come out the right way. When you talk about mental illness and, and mental health and, and, and suicide and all that, it's a very uncomfortable conversation to have. It's even harder to start. Because when someone's trying to start that conversation, whether they're two-way friendly or not, you don't know where they're going with it. So you mm -hmm. almost have to like stand back and just kind of read the room for a minute. Like, are they going to be, you know, against having this conversation or whatever? And I want to imagine for you, even working with Mental Health America and all in different stuff, when you go to Century or one of these manufacturers, I would imagine that first few minutes of that conversation is kind of like, I don't know how this is going to go because how do you, it's difficult to start this conversation, much less have the full conversation in itself. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, we, all those great meetings I had at Chacho had one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to flame this company because I think they, yeah. they passed me off to one of the sales guys. I think like it was one of those things it was the end of the day and they're just like, Hey, t the, the marketing guy's not here, but talk to that guy. It was really funny. Cause it, I start off the conversation and I'm like, look, just, we're going to have a very uncomfortable conversation and I'm going to need you to think outside of the box here. And it was really funny. Cause I was like, you know, half of all suicide deaths or two thirds or, or with, you know, with a firearm and uh, two thirds of all firearms death and you know, half of all suicides are completed with a firearm. And uh, he, he's like, nah, I don't know. I'd have to see the numbers on that. I'm like, Okay, 
with all due respect, my man. I live this. Do you think, it's, do you think it's ignorance or do you think it's just they don't want to see it? I, I think it's more defensiveness. You know, yeah. um, like my whole thing is, is like I've I've won so many of these arguments just by validating what people are saying. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the thing. Yeah, yeah. Guns kill, man. Like, that's what, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they, yeah. they, they kill people. And uh, people take their lives with firearms. And usually if you just don't try to, like, def- defend it in some weird, bizarre way. Right. You know, because people have this tendency, and I get it. Everybody does. It's like, um, why are you focusing solely on the guns? Right? And the reason why I'm focusing solely on the guns is that's what I grew up in. Like, this is my thing. You know what I mean? Like if I worked in rope, I probably would do the same thing with rope manufacturers, but I don't. Right. So I work in firearms where I can make a dent is in that number of suicide by firearms. I'm totally uh, skeptical of of being able to make a dent in suicide, period. Like, I don't even know that's walk the talk America's place. Right. Like, I think our place is with firearms and firearms manufacturers and trainers and the 2A owning public. So let me ask you this. And Clover, Jump in, bro. This is, you know, you know, how, you know, the deal. But I want to ask you this is, do you think whether it was when you started now or in the future, do you see Walk the Talk America is more of a bridge instead of the guiding beam of light? Because I think that you guys are a bridge. I think with your background, with your um, friendships slash relationships with different people in the industry, I think that Walk the Talk America could be the bridge between mental health and firearms instead of trying to cure it i think that you are a great organization to bridge the two what do you think do you did you want to be a bridge or do you think a bridge is the way to go or what was the initial thought or did you want to just blust down the door or what well you know that that mission has changed so much and it, it changes all the time right because opportunities present themselves or, or things that yeah. have never you know, expected to happen, happen. Right. Um, I guess it depends on who my audience is, right. Like, like what I'm trying to say, what we're doing. Um, for me, it's super important for the industry to look good. Like that's another big thing. Right. So it's almost like a PR play for us because, you know, being that I didn't grow up a gun guy, um, then I became a gun guy just by being in the industry then going back out to where didn't have a choice, honestly. Right. Right. But so like when I'm running into people, um, after I've experienced being, I'd say raised in the gun industry, right? Like they took me when I didn't know anything about guns and all the good people, the people that, you know, I'm talking about close peers, like the people at arms corner, people at high point stuff like that were teaching me. Um, I thought, well, there, this is nothing like what people say about the gun people. You know, like you hear all these things like, oh, gun people only care about money. And, you know, I was just like, no, that's not true. You know, like you should come to the SHOT Show or you should come to the NRA show and check it out. Right. So so I became one of those guys that started defending the second. Um, not so much because I, I understood the importance of it, but it was also because, hey, I'm not going to let you say something that's not true, even though these right. people are not at this party. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so to me, like there is this sort of guilty pleasure that I get out of being better than most of these mental health organizations that only use talking points, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and you had said earlier that um, you said that you wanted to, how do I put this? 
utilize, like, let's say Mental Health America and utilize them and use, would you say, 2A neutral organizations that may not be pro, but they're they're definitely willing to have the conversation about firearms in 2A. I wonder how many of those could you possibly get to become two-way neutral if you ever had the conversation? The problem is, is will they ever sit down and have a conversation? Because right now they are anti-two-way, but if they're looking at it not as a two-way issue, it's it's a mental health issue. It just happens to be in the avenue of two-A. Would they be willing to have that conversation? But I'd imagine there's a lot of them that won't even, won't even have the conversation because they find out that it's a two-way based organization type thing. Yeah. But you know, it's funny because I haven't really experienced anybody from the outside, not really being interested in what we do because it's such a different look, right? Yeah. Like it's such a different look. You got to remember like most of these uh, organizations that are out there that, you know, truly care about trying to help somebody like mental health America, they just want to help people. I can, I can tell like some organizations like, mom's the man and stuff like that. I, I think they think they want to help, but I think that there's an ulterior motive is to, to get as many guns away as possible. Right. No, um, no doubt. Um, but when you look at these organizations that want to help, it's such a different look for them to be able to say like, wait a minute, there's mental health screening flyers in the gun boxes. Like it's something different because the only thing that we could all come up with, um, you know, when we were talking these years where we were kind of at each other's throats or standing on the other side of the, the room was yeah. they would present restriction and we'd say, no, that's not going to do anything. <laughs> right. Like, and it was a standstill. Clove, I want to let you jump in. And, and I know that, I mean, you've had many conversations with Mike as well, but is there anything that uh, you want to bring up or ask right now? Yeah. When, you know, when Mike first started off and he was talking about, you know, SHOT Show and, you know, more and more people knowing, you know, what's up with WTTA. You know, I can say, uh, you know, from my experience that, that I experienced that as well. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure you have too. You remember the, the early days, right? You remember when Mike was burning candle at both ends and, and whatnot. I think he still is a little bit. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. running from two booths, totally right. yeah, booth. running around with two booths, and yeah, yeah all exactly. that good stuff. Oh, crazy. crazy, anyway. Um, so I can remember when all this first kicked off, and that's one one really cool thing about about this is I can remember when it first kicked off, and you, I'm sure you do too. That you know, we would talk to people, and they would be super hesitant, right? Like, oh, I don't know if we should be talking about that that's who's this guy that sounds dangerous that red flag laws what's going on with this i don't i don't hardly get any of that anymore i don't hardly get any of that anymore i think that's a good thing i think we're moving it that shows that that we're moving in the right direction absolutely and and having companies jump on board uh, i had a, a, a company call me today a couple hours ago and said, Hey, I saw that you're going to have Sedini on with Walk Talk America. I'd like to get a hold of them and I would like to put their cards and flyers in our products as well. And I think that that's one by one. Um, I know Clover, um, I take the flyers to my gun shop. No, he doesn't put them inside that I, that I know of. He doesn't put them inside the gun box and all that, but he puts them on the counter. 
and they're there for anyone to walk and grab conversational piece. I know Clover's got several uh, local gun shops and at least one of them puts them in every used uh, gun box that, that they sell. So that's my next question. I'll let Clover talk about that here in a minute, but my next question for Mike is from a grassroots level, someone that like, not like yourself, but like us that are just living in this world, what is the best way or how can the average person out there that wants to be involved, that supports the mission of Walk the Talk America, what can the average person do to help progress the the message of Walk the Talk? Well, I, I mean, obviously, it, social media has a huge play in it, right? If you're just spreading the word or you repost some of our stuff, like that's awesome, right? Because people see that stuff and we get it all the time. It was like, hey, somebody reposted one of your things and this is how I found you. Right. Uh, but the second thing is, is like if you are involved in the 2A community and you really are and you're going to a local gun shop, you know, tell them about us. Say, hey, you should put these flyers out. Um, once again, like we got to do it ourselves as the 2A community, like everybody from the firearms manufacturers all the way down to this, like the person who's just the hobbyist. Right. Like there's no team that's going to come do this for us and start this for us. There's potentially legislation and there's government, right? And we don't want that. Um, so if the more people we get on board with this and we can literally say like, this is a, it's homegrown. Like this organization is a homegrown from the firearms industry made up of individuals. The only person who's, who's not from the firearms industry is Jake Wiskirchen. And look at him now. He's like, knows more about guns than I do. <laughs> and I was getting ready to bring up Jake because um this question came out there and we'll bring this up in clover dump in as well how bad is self-medication or should i say self-acceptable self-medication i think that self-medication depending on how you're using it, if you're using it as a mask or a shield for what's going on it's a bad thing if you're using it some people utilize whether it's cbd or gummies or whatever they choose alcohol drugs whatever they're uh, marijuana whatever they're using to cope, but it allows them to be happier, be part of society, then it's a good thing. But it's a really fine, fine line between using it as a crutch and using it as a way to get better. So, um, you know, I don't know, Clover, Mike, if you want to touch on self-medication, because I think that that is something that people don't quite understand. There's a very fine line there. Yeah, I liken it to cold medication, right? Like there's no cure for the common cold, but there's tons and tons of things out there that, that mask the symptoms. Right. Yep. And so do I have a problem with, from the mental perspective? Okay. I divide things into a couple of categories, the physiological, right. Which is potentially some kind of brain trauma, right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, whatever, you know, something legitimately wrong, hormone imbalances, this that and the other right and medications have legitimate uses to actually treat the problem right uh, rather than the symptoms now do i have a problem with the other side of that where it's not physiological or whatever in nature and people um self-medicate right or or mask the symptoms um uh, no with a caveat no but you know what the trigger what the cause what's going on right you understand why you're feeling the way that you're feeling right and as long if you're if you don't ever delve into the why right what the root cause is then i've got a problem with you just whatever you use i don't care what it is yeah, you know sure. even if it's lead therapy and just going to the range because you're 
you or upset all the time. We'll figure eat. out. Sometimes it's just eating a bunch of right. food. That's, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever the vice is. Yeah. Figure out what the problem is. And then whenever that trigger occurs and you're having a bad day, then yes, do what you've got to do to, to make yourself more comfortable to get through, right? This too shall pass. Use that, that medication long enough to get you through that episode or whatever's going on and move on. But it's, it, to me, it's, it's all about awareness, not in the general sense that we all need to be aware that mental health is, is, a, is a common thing with us all, but awareness in yourself to know, you know, Hey, this, this, this thing that's going on, it's not the end of the world, right? I can, I know what's going on. I can deal with it. Um, yep. you know, and here's how I do that. Well, it's like Clover, like you said, like you figured out at some point that you need sun. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Big time. That's like a real like, thing. He does get grumpy, man. That's a really like a, a real thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's being self-aware, right? Because now, like, once you've identified what makes you kind of go into a darker space, literally, right. um, is, you know, something that you can go, okay, I'm acting like this. And this is usually why I need to do this to remedy it. Right. I don't know if self-medicating in terms of like, I need to polish off a bottle of Jack Daniels is going to take you out of whatever dark. I mean, it may, right. Yeah. Like a weekend with Jack and getting off social media and Absolutely. that might. You know, I mean, I'm a big, yeah, probably shouldn't say this, but I mean, I, I'm one of the a few people in life. Uh, my party days are way behind me. And that's probably why I look a rough 49 and I'm 46, but <laughs> no, I'm the same way. Yeah. But dude, I mean, I, I drink, I think drink twice a year. Once is at the Marine party at shock. And then once we have a big thing here every August at work and I have a couple of drinks in, I haven't, I don't drink anymore because we all have demons. We've all done that, been there. Um, now I don't enjoy it as much. I used yeah. to really enjoy having yeah. a good time and it's not, maybe I'm just that grumpy old man now. I don't know. I've never, yeah. I've never drank, um, because I've, felt bad mentally or anything like that never for me and I, and, and, yeah. and I drink it's very few and far between when i drink and i drink because i legitimately want a drink it's like oh, I hear you. it's yes. it's relaxing it's the same as pretty much having a smoke almost and it's like you know i think i'll have a drink and kick back and relax you know i'm not feeling bad or anything like that but for yeah. me i think you know speaking to the sunlight issue one of the biggest things for me to cope with it right is to stay busy yeah. I need to stay busy and not realize that I'm missing sunshine. <laughs> as long as I can stay busy, I'm good. Yeah. I think, yeah, because the last well, 2020, I should say, 2020 shot, We I met Clover and his wife at your party, year and Swagger's party. I came from the Marine Party. I was already having a couple of drinks. Then we had a couple of drinks there at, at your little thing at the at the at shot and the party. And that was fun. But once again, I didn't feel like I, I, I needed to anymore. Um, I, I did because I wanted to, and, and, and there's some people that don't know the difference in their lives and that, that's where it becomes an issue. Um, real quick, real quick, real call out there says, if Michael has any more flyers, I put a link up earlier in the chat. It says walk the talk America resources, go to that link, real call or anybody. And they have uh, a four and a half by six and a half inch insert and eight and a half by 11 insert. Um, instructor slideshows. If you want to add it to your uh, curriculum, when you're if you're an instructor, all of those are free. Download, print as many as you would like from that link. Um, if if you if you can't see the link out there in the podcast world, 
The link's going to be in the description. Go to WTTA.org and hit the resources tab, and you'll have a list of all those cards slash flyers um, that are available for anyone and everyone to print out for free. Absolutely. And and worst case scenario, like I get it. You can't print them out and call me. I'll mail, I'll print them out. Here's, here's the, here's, here's the thing. You can print them out. Right. And so, I'm going to be the, the mean one in the room. It's the, you know, I'll, I'll take up for, for Ghost and, and Mike here, and I'll say you can print them out. Don't look to Mike to send you freaking flyers. Come on, people. We're supposed Go to be helping the cause, way. right? Um, if you reach out, you're not going to do it with Staples or Office Depot, but if you find a local print shop, that's above sure. and beyond. If you go to your your local FFL, odds are they'll print them out. If they're willing to put them on the counter, they're probably willing. If they're willing to put them in boxes, they're probably willing to print them out. And if they're not, they're probably not willing to put them on the counter. So what difference does it make? Right. But if you you will go to local print shops, they can print them out anytime they want. Also, yeah, Yeah. local print shops would be probably more than willing to print up a hundred or something of them at a time or something like that. you know, reach out, network, and that's more people that we're making aware when we do this. That's the other thing, right? Can you do them yourself and take them? Yes, you could. But if you bring in a printer, a local printer, now they know what's going on, right? And so yeah. that's the whole thing about this awareness is it takes a village. Let's bring a village into it. Absolutely. Uh, Buck out there says Walmart. Will print. Absolutely. I mean, anyone will. Um, I want to go before we move on to different topics. I do want to mention something that we were talking about in the discussion earlier and you and Mike and Clover were talking about, Hey, you know, you kind of realized that you needed sunlight and, and it's being that self-awareness of what's causing the problem. Let me ask you, let me tell you guys one thing real quick um, from personal experience and from friends and all of that those that might be coming close to a mental break or already in a mental crisis or, or have had histories of mental illness. A lot of the times they don't know it. They don't realize that there's they've, they've changed their personality. They've changed their everyday traits. They don't realize that they're drinking more. They're not spending time with the kids or they're, they've completely changed. They don't realize that this has happened. So if you're out there and you notice whether it's a friend, a family member, just someone that you know how their normal personality is, and all of a sudden it's completely different. Sometimes it's, Hey bro, how you doing? Is everything okay? Sometimes it's as simple as that. There are people out there truly that may not have any correspondence with another human being for days at a time. And sometimes the simplest Hey, bro, how you doing? Everything okay? You know, do you need to talk with anyone? At least they know there's someone there to talk. They may not even realize, hey, look, I hate to do this, bro, but I've noticed the last week or so you've you've changed a little bit. Your personality is a little bit sharper. You're, you're more angry or whatever. I've noticed alcohol in the breath when you come to work or whatever. Is everything okay? They may not even realize there's an issue. I can say that from uh, the veteran side of things, a lot of people come home with PTSD. They don't even know they have it. They don't have a clue that they've changed. So the biggest thing I want to bring Mike in here, and, and you brought up Jake. Jake is an absolute rock star. Jake's been on the podcast before. Um, I don't want to let you talk about your podcast here in a minute, but Jake, as far as a mental health professional, 
is a rock star and he's walks hand in hand with Mike and Walk the Talk America from the medical professional side, talks about a lot is what we can do to help people that might have that break or that crisis. And um, there's a lot of great stories to be told on your podcast. So real quick, um, I want you to talk, not real quick, take as much time as you want, but I know one of the things that y'all are doing, and I want to put links out there, is your podcast. And I think that it's not just for people that are wanting to know about mental health or have had mental illnesses uh, or breaks in the past. They're just great conversations. There's some great stories of overcoming mental health uh, issues. <laughs> Excuse me. Talk a few minutes about your podcast real quick. A lot of people might not know you have one. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's called the Guns and Mental Health Podcast. It's uh, hosted by myself and Jake Wiskirchen. And uh, Jake is a licensed clinician, which makes the show really awesome. Um, I guess he adds this element to it that it's cute when I watch it, like from he does more talking than I do. Right. I, I, cause I like to listen to Jake and I like to listen to the guests and, you know, I'll just hit him with these questions, but Jake's really cool because what he'll do is he'll take what a guest is saying. And he's so brilliant at this. Like it becomes like almost a therapy session where he's explaining like, this is what's happening or this is, you know, and, he, and uh, we've actually had guests who admitted after they were on, they were like, dude, I ducked this show for a long time because I didn't want, I was kind of nervous to talk about whatever it was. And then they're like, as soon as I, I talked about it, it's the best show I've ever been on. Not, not, you know, like I'm not saying we have the best show, but for that person, like that Pretty may awesome. have been a, a really uh, great experience. So we have all different walks of life uh, on there. People that have uh, all been around firearms or been affected by firearms or, um, you know, to, just to tell stories and stuff like that. It's, it's like you said earlier, you know, just bridging the gap, um, having these conversations out there uh, and, and passing along information. We have uh, a very split audience. We have a lot of mental health clinicians that listen because, uh, you know, Jake brought that. And then we have a lot of people from the firearms industry that listen. So it's pretty cool. But Jake is a rock star, man. Um, you know, I spent two and a half years just working on this, like, and he was right there with me pretty much uh, working just as hard uh, for no money. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, he, he uh, nobody could say a bad word. It's, about it's a passion and, and you have to have passion to do this. It's not easy. Um, I, I don't know from personal experience, but I can't imagine that working with an working or starting and, and developing and growing in a nonprofit but based on, mental illness in the firearms community and industry, it's not an easy gig. So you've got to have passion for it. And that's awesome. Uh, kudos to you. I appreciate that. You know, one of the coolest things about Jake was like, when, you know, the, the way we met is I was a guest on his podcast because he yeah. he's the host of Naga Notes, which has been around forever. Yeah. And um, I was super excited because it was the first mental health side uh of things, you know, that was inviting me into the world. I'd been on a bunch of podcasts. I've been on both of your podcasts. I've been on all kinds of gun podcasts, but I had never been on somebody that was just strictly mental health. So going into Jake's show, and it was really funny because Jake, you know, when we were talking before the show started, he said, Hey man, I own a gun and I have a concealed carry, but we can't talk about that. It was funny how Jake was in the beginning. Cause he was like, I'm going to get shunned by my own people. Like we can't talk like that. I'm going to ask you questions. You're going to, 
but then to see the progression of the arc of Jake's character, right. in this whole thing is, you know, he always says I had to come out of the closet as a gun owning clinician, which he did, you know, and he did that well. Um, and it inspires other clinicians to do it too, because of the, there's a lot of them out there. We just got to make them feel comfortable coming forward because, you know, you do not want to get shunned by your own community. And, you know, we understand that. So it's been really awesome to watch that, that growth of Jake. And now guys going on trainings and stuff like that, you know, and, He's uh, he's he's diving in. I mean, yeah. he, it's awesome. it's awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we move on, I, I want to bring up the Santee says the military. Yes, military encouraged to hide their emotions and feel emotions and feelings. Yes and no, and, and I agree with the sentiment of what you're saying. <laughs> I don't want to say that they encourage you to hide it. What they encourage you to do is have no emotions or feelings. Okay. Now I can't speak for other branches in the Marine Corps. I can tell you one thing. They wanted us to feel like we were bulletproof Superman that could take a hill with firefights going all around. We could run and, and, and mission accomplished. They want you to have no fear, no emotions. They want you to have no feelings. They encourage that. Encourage is a strange word. They want you to have no emotion. They want you almost like robots. Because you have to have that to do your job, okay? Well, now, what they do encourage, unfortunately, is if you are in um, a combat zone and you get a TBI or a traumatic brain uh, injury, traumatic brain injury, a TBI or whatever, once again, they don't encourage it, but most people will not document those because that typically ends a career, okay? Let's be real. Um, so it's not that they encourage it, but they almost force you to hide feelings, emotions, injuries, and all of that stuff. Uh, go ahead, Clover. Sorry about that. So, yeah, I, I'm glad you're in here. I mean, it's it's nice to to be able to bounce this particular idea off of that because I'm curious. Mm -hmm. And so I've heard I've heard you talk before about vets that come back and they have the, uh, the guilty syndrome thing going Absolutely. on and all that, right? That's, that's real so. You know, one thing is uh, obviously those in the military see a lot of hardship, right? They see a lot of tough, rough stuff, right? And so a lot of regular people see that as well. And so mm -hmm. I think one issue, maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong on this or whatever, but I think one issue maybe the military has is not directly tied with the tough guy thing that, like you were talking about. Yeah. Um, it could also be that. And regular people experience this, whether they, they you know, whether it's law enforcement, whether you just deal with the public on a regular basis, you know, that sort of thing where you see so many people having hard times. Right. That you almost feel that your problems are so small, like my problems. You know what I mean? It's like, who am I to complain and seek help for my problems? Because look at all, it could always be worse. Look at all the crazy out here. It's going on and everything else. Right. And so we neglect ourselves. Correct. not 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 doing it intentionally or anything we just don't think our problems are big or that are big enough and what happens is it keeps piling up and piling up and piling up Absolutely. until it reaches a breaking point and, and i think that could be partially i think it's a human condition right i don't think it's necessarily military or civilian i think that's just a human condition but the military uh, thing obviously seeing a lot more hard times in the military could bring that on even more so well, to a certain extent, but I think a lot of it comes down to pride, uh -huh. ego, 
all, whatever you wanted to use as an adjective to someone not wanting to either admit it or even acknowledge that there's a problem. We talked earlier about people not even knowing there's a problem. Right. But the, the next step is people that know there's a problem and hide it or right. don't want to face that. And that's where it becomes dangerous because, and Mike, I want to bring you in because, you know, you, you've talked with a lot of mental health professionals, but there's got to be some point that it goes from hiding it to where it consumes. And it's almost like there's no in between. It's either you, you're hiding it, not even acknowledge there's a problem until the problem consumes you. And there's almost no turning back at that point. And that's where I would like to, and I'm sure Walk Talk America is, we want to be there. We want to stop that from happening. We want to help you acknowledge, help you get treatment, understand that there are ways out of this before it comes past that point of no return. That's a before stage four um, right. mentality. That yeah, I don't know all the stages and all that, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, listen to Jake four, talk right? about it. It's crazy because yeah. he just spit it out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, if you look at like that theory before stage four, it's like they apply it like with cancer, right? You don't wait till right. stage four to go get help or right. you, you, you address it screening. early. And that's that's the thing about the screenings. I have a lot of people are just like, I've had people tell me this. They're like, oh, I don't need the screenings. I'm fine. And I'm like, you don't have to be in crisis to take the screening right like you can just go in and just kind of it's like check you know doing a checkup on your car right like make sure all the hoses are attached properly you know make sure everything's running right but um you know people take screenings all the time just to see where they're at as long as they're answering them honestly you know and that's that's really what we're trying to get to and you know my biggest thing is is like we have to take this back out of people like we have to demand to be a bunch of Karens, right? Like we have to demand that just because we're gun owners doesn't mean that we can't have access that, that you know, to help without the, uh, or with the fear of restriction, we need to get rid of that. Um, we need more clinicians to step forward and literally say two a friendly, like that needs to be a category because there's categories for everything, LGBTQ, uh, airline pilots, uh, you know, single moms, like you'd be, if you go on the backside of psychology today and you look at all the categories that every clinician can check to show where their expertise is at, you'd be blown away by all the stuff that's on there. And then you'd be blown away. What's not on there. Right. Which is like two a gun friendly. Well, let's just take this for, let's just take this as an example. I think this is fascinating. What if there were a bunch of mental health clinic, clinicians, professionals, whatever you want to call them, throughout the country that started like through Walk the Talk America or on their own? I know there is one, a smaller one, but you know, doctors, but but make it more mental health exact professionals that maybe even put a sticker on their window or on their website, you know, two way friendly, right? And, how many people would sit there and say, okay, I don't really want to talk about this. That dude's two-way friendly. Maybe that's someone that I could at least have comments, you know, hey, we both enjoy guns or whatever. Establishing that quick common theme and common interest could help someone open up. I think that is something. I don't know if you guys are working on that or Jake yeah, works on that. 
No, we, uh, we, a network of two-way friendly mental health professionals. Right, they speak our language. But that's what we're getting. So we, you know, let's talk about the uh, the course that that Jake and I throw, right? Where we give continuing edu- education credits to clinicians that come through and take it. It's a three-part course. We've had many clinicians take all three parts, and they use the badge that we give them, like you know, the certification and everything like that. We just need more of that, right? So that's yeah. one of the things like I'm going and chasing money for because. I need a clinician like Jake in every state. Like I need to find that person and I need to motivate them. Right. And that, that, that could be in the form of some financial compensation. Um, you know, that's one of the things we're trying to build right now because these things take money. And especially if you, to give the continuing education credit in each state, each state is different. So you need someone governing that in each different state, they have different organizations. So you need to, or handling like, that. Right? Having like a state branch almost, or yes. Almost like the organization that answers to a larger order. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like the DC project, right? Like a DC project. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're working on that. And I think that that's the best way to handle things because let's face it. Like if, if, if we're going to convince gun owners to step forward and go get help. Right. And, and the two a is that important to somebody, right? Because that could be, I mean, we see people vote purely on the two a. hundred percent. hundred percent. Absolutely. I'm not one. I don't think anyone in this, the three of us are not like that because we have better other issues, but yeah, there are people that are truly. Right. Absolutely. It's a non-starter. It. If the person is hundred percent, and there's nothing wrong with that. It, but nope. my whole thing is, is like, that's the person that also needs to know that the person that they're going to open up to and talk to is going to understand that if you say to them, I had anxiety today and I went and I shot a hundred thousand rounds <laughs> at the range. There's no like, you know, cocked eyebrow like what does that mean that you're like oh that's cool what'd you shoot you know what i mean cool like, hundred thousand rounds is epic <laughs> man good great Especially if it's like in a minigun because it would last like a minute or two right you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it would be an epic minute talk you, about a bad minute <laughs> yeah you know that's that's the thing that we got to build like we have to build that that network and i think it's important i think it it just invites more education. And that's the biggest thing I think we face as gun owners is we're always trying to educate people that are curious, yeah. right? Like gun owners are like no other people. Like all you have to do is say like, I want to learn about this. And usually that person will like mm. take you shooting. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, cool. I'll bring all mine. You can shoot everything, you know, yeah. and, and it is a very welcoming. Uh, you're right. It is a very welcoming community. It also has another side to it that every group, community has a, a, the other side to it uh real quick you you mentioned a couple things we talked earlier about what people could do and you also talked about uh very briefly you talked about the free screening so what i want to do is i put the link out there but it has more significance than what you think it's walkthetalkamerica.org slash love and it's a free mental health screening that is they're not going to take or WTTA.org. Yeah, it's a lot easier. That's what I use, actually. Uh, but they're not going to ask names. They're not going to ask any personal information. It is truly anonymous. They're not keeping track of anything. So if you're out there or you know someone, take the screening. The reason why it is also something um, we talked about earlier is what you can do. Clover and I have been wearing these bracelets for years now. Um, and, and Mike, I mean, if you, everyone knows that this never, it, it, take a shower at nighttime, it never, it never leaves. Um, but 
what it says is wtta.org slash love. It is this exact free screening website or this page that is on this bracelet. If you're interested in supporting, I've got some that I can send you, buy some, whatever. This right here, I can't tell you how many conversations this has started simply because of a bracelet. And you want to talk about something like, what is that? You know, what is that? It starts a conversation. I know Clover has been the same way. Clover has been at certain places and seen a flyer or seen his bracelet and started conversations with people that had no intentions in having that conversation. That's exactly what it needs to be because we need the rest of the world to know that we're not just gun crazies. That's what they think we are. They think that we're out there wanting to be Doc Holliday and Billy the Kid running around shooting up the world. They need to know that we're normal people, but we also they also need to understand that we do care about the world and we don't want anyone to die either. You know, we, we're not happy when there's a mass shooting. We're not happy when there's a suicide by firearm. And that's the whole purpose. If you want to help simply wearing a bracelet, printing out flyers and taking them to your local gun shop or anywhere, your community center, just put them up on a bulletin board somewhere. You'd be surprised at how many people you don't know would be interested in that, whether they're firearm enthusiasts or not. Um, Clove, I know that you've had some experience with not only the bracelet, but with flyers and all that. Um, yeah. I, I know you know, you've biggest, had some positive experiences, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest point I would make with the, the flyers is that, you know, it. nobody even has to take one off the counter of the gun shop or take one off the bulletin board at the YMCA mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. It's just the fact that they walk by and they've seen it, right? Absolutely. I mean, we live in a wonderful world with search engines and all kinds of things at our disposal, right? And so, you know, maybe down the road they've seen that flyer and they just read the bold text to the headline and then they get into a situation where they have a family member and they go, Whoa, what was that? Right. Mm -hmm. Like there was something that was talking about mental health in the screenings. And if somebody needed help, I wonder what that was. Right. And then, so maybe that prompts them to get online and start trying to look up and research stuff. And, and ideally do we want them to find WTTA? Well, yeah, sure. That's the, that's the point, but you know, that, could at least give them enough to go on where they try to seek help, right? They they know something has went on. Plant that seed. Plant the but seed. Yeah, I mean, I had um, I gave away I don't, Lord, I don't remember. It's been too long ago now. I don't remember if it was the first batch that I, it had to have been because I haven't printed any for the gun shops in forever. They, they take it upon themselves to do that now. Um, so it's probably that first batch. Um, but yeah, I was printing them out and, and from the time I printed them out to the time I got home, uh, I didn't even deliver them that day to the, to the gun shops. But from the time I, I printed them out at office Depot and then I stopped also at, uh, McDonald's ate some, ate some lunch while I was sorting them out. Um, I think I gave away four of them or something. Uh, I think yeah. I gave away two at office Depot and, and two at McDonald's or maybe it was three at office Depot and one. I don't remember. But yeah. we were talking a span of like an hour. 
You know, it well, was, know these, are, these are crazy. Two A people, they're just people that are interested. In no, I didn't ask. I didn't care. Exactly. And and in exactly. fact, the whole firearm thing didn't even come up. Right. That's the whole point. Absolutely, I mean, it wasn't even a thing. They were like, "What is this?" And they go, "Oh, so you know, a friend of mine's got this you know organization that you know bringing awareness to you know suicide." And oh wow, I got a you know so and so that's struggling, and I'm like, well. Here, yeah, can I have one of those? Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole point. That's why I'm, you know, getting mm -hmm. these friends out. So, um, yeah, there's no doubt that them, you know, that that told me that there's no doubt just having these up, getting them out there in some way, shape, form, or fashion, mm -hmm. it makes a difference. It has to. If if I had four people that was that was impacted in an hour span, imagine if we had hundreds of people across the country that that happened, right? There are people in my small town of rural Arkansas that at least heard of Walk the Talk America. There are yeah. people in small town East Texas where you are that have heard of Walk the Talk America, and that's how it starts. It's got to organically flow into this thing. Real quick, I want to say something because I've got a cool. I, I want to. I want Mike to tell us tell a story real quick because I think it's awesome. Real quick, I want to touch on the CNT Designs and Arms says, what about treating guns as the problem? We don't do that with any other product. And I, I hear what you're saying, but we do. This is the community and the industry that all of us focus, hyper-focus on what's being said or done to or about us. So we know that it happens where they blame the firearm. I would imagine that if you were the PR person or marketing person for one of the big three, the Ford, Chevy, Chrysler in Detroit with cars. I'm sure that it goes along people blaming cars for drunk drivers. So blaming the firearm for suicides, yes. But let's not be naive to think that we're the only industry that our tool is blamed for death. It's not the case. The problem is, is when ours are blamed, it's because of something that's horrific that's usually on TV. And we get probably more exposure, bad exposure, bad press for our tool. But let's not be naive to think that cars aren't blamed for things, that all these other tools aren't blamed for death. Well, Go ahead. And that's, yeah, uh, you know, I don't see it. We're not blaming the firearm. Like nobody with WTTA, nobody here is blaming the firearm. No, at I think the same time, time, at the same time, a lot of people get rid of guns, you know. Well, I mean, a lot of people seem to ha they seem to take this stance that my facts don't care about your feelings. And when you got somebody with the opposite opinion, you just smother them with facts and bully them around like that, right? And it's yeah. like, okay, well, if we're going to have that attitude, then let's face some facts two thirds of firearms death are suicide. Why? Firearms deaths are suicide. Why? Because firearms are easy. It's quick. Absolutely. It's easy. Absolutely. It's efficient. Right? We can't Absolutely. run from that. We can't run from that. And and what Mike is doing with WTTA, what we're doing on the show talking about it, what you know, countless other organizations that have sprung up and doing things, right? Uh, is to take that and not run from it, but but to take that and go, hey, we're a part of this community. We understand all of this and we can try to make a difference. Heck, if we if we are the responsible, compassionate, helpful firearm owners that we all know the firearm community is, sure. 
what what other choice do we have? Right? Absolutely. We can't ignore it. Yeah, now I want to oh go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get to we're gonna get to, yeah, I want to go ahead and talk about this because this is going to exactly where um the industry is starting to step up and acknowledge not just acknowledge it like privately but very publicly acknowledging one there is an issue two we can help the problem and so i was that's exactly the transition i want to make i know you you're really excited about a couple of things that are working one in particular i want to go ahead and let you have as much time and i want to put the camera on you so people can see it as well Okay. So this is a arms core ammo arms core is a huge supporter of walk talk America. Um, they've been down from day one. So like my love for arms core and understanding what I was trying to do, uh, it, it, it just goes beyond words, but, uh, they just started putting the WTTA, uh, org forward slash love right here at the top on their ammo boxes. Um, I'm super excited about that. Um, just because that takes a lot of balls too, right? Like, to be the first, like there's been gun companies that's done it. There's, there's been optic companies that did it, but arms Corps, uh, literally said, we're just going to put it on the box, man. We don't have to, we don't have to we're talking a major ammo manufacturer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's just, it goes back to some of these industries, you know, we talk about the car industry, like, uh, or automobile industry. We talk about the alcohol industry. Um, they, they are really good at beating their chest at all the good they do. Right. They'll throw it in like national commercials. Now we can't have national commercials. They're not going to let us have national commercials. Right. But we have to do a better job of talking about how, how, what we do. Right. Like that, this needs to be a big deal. Like I told arms Corps, I was like, dude, it's history. Like you guys have, you're doing this. It's history. Um, there's an angle here too, that I never thought of. And in a shot show, I had a very prominent lawyer come up to the booth and he was like looking at the box and he's like, this is unbelievable. He's like, I wish I knew about this because there have been times when I've defended companies and I would love to be able to say like, Hey, you know, my client tried to get people help. He gave the, they gave him the resources. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we're not responsible because we, tr- we, we gave them every Avenue to get help. And that's really what we're trying to do. Right. We're trying to get gun owners the help they need without fear of consequence. Like that's, we're trying to point them in the right direction. So I think this is a big deal. And it goes in everything that we're talking about is our industry needs to step up and say, no, we're not the bad guy here. Like we, we are trying, we try to put this information in there. We try to make every gun owner understand that you, you have a firearm. You could potentially do something bad with it. Hey, let's most likely you're going to take your own life before you take somebody else's life with your firearm. That's just facts, right? Um, That's the fact. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is something that we have to accept, but, but as we start building towards this movement and the gun industry steps up and they start pounding their chest and say, look what we do. Right. Yeah. And I walk into these meetings with even people that hate us. I'm like, we're better than you. Like, yeah. what do you do? Like, you don't do anything. You use buzzword buzzwords, like, you know, Anyone could just sit there and go, and the stigma, <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Mental health matters, right? Um, but if you're only Hashtag mental health, right? Like, if your only yeah. thing is you're going to come into to this meeting and say, well, red, we strengthen red flag laws, or we we put it in uh, legislation that would prevent this stuff, you're not saving lives, you're not doing root cause mitigation. Nope. You know, it, it's not going to work. Like that's why we fight that stuff so much, is because we know 
this damn law is not going to save another life. Now, there is something that I forgot about, uh, and I'm glad you started talking about legislation. Uh, two years ago, maybe even three years ago, whenever it was, I get a text from you at one point, and you send me a picture of this invitation to the White House. Yeah. And they bring you in. They're having, I don't know what you talk about it, but you were brought to the White House to kind of be the gun guy in the mental health conversation at the white house um and i'm assuming that you kind of ran into that same thing oh you're the gun guy what's a gun guy doing here why do you you don't you guys don't care how did that go and i want to i want you to explain the awesomeness that you went to the white house to kind of be the quasi representative of the firearm industry type person in this mental health arena at the white house how did that go and how were you met by some of the other organizations well, so I'm not, they kept calling me Dr. Sedini in their initial emails, right? And so I'm not sure that I, they may have like missed the target or thought something else because yeah. when I got there and I kept asking them, um, like, how, how am I here? Like, who, who got me here? Like, so who recommended me? And they, right. uh, they kept saying like, oh, it's cause you're you. Like they would do these cute little things or they kind of blow it off, but I never got a definitive answer. Like why I got yeah. there. Something I suspect is when Diana Muller was on the Hill um, and she did the, I will not comply thing. She had brought up walk the talk America. Um, someone made a note or something. Yeah. Ooh, someone might've made a note. Like that, that's the only thing I can think of uh, because how did I end up on that radar? It was really cool because, because I thought I was being punked. Like, it was, <laughs> I was just like, which one of my friends just sent out an invitation like this. But when I actually got the, it was a very elaborate inv invitation. Yeah, if, if it was a punk. They did a great job at it. <laughs> yeah, it was really. It's so you know, thinking back on it now, looking back on it now, uh, you know, having that actual invitation, like the the proper invitation to to spend two days in the White House trying to solve suicide in a veteran community, um, is really really surreal. But to me, once again. I think most of the people, even though, because you can tell when someone's anti-gun, you you no. literally can feel it because they're, they're using like super logic. Like they almost cut to that whole, like, if there's no guns, if there's no access to guns and there's no death, like death goes down by gun. Of course, no. if there's no alcohol, no one drives drunk. <laughs> but you can, you can kind of feel that energy from I'm people. Like going to roaring twenties, by the way. Damn <laughs> <And> alcohol. <laughs> but what was cool about that room was, and I had some help, right? Like there was, there was a, I, I told this story before, there was a highly decorated gentleman that after I gave my little Ted talk and, and I said in the talk, I said, the gun industry can help you, but we can't be the villain anymore. Like you have to make us a good guy. That's powerful. Right. And then, there's no response to that. There's no logical response to that. Right. That's the thing is like when I'm providing solutions, not just problems, and I'm not blaming any of the people sitting in the room at the White House, like, hey, this is a mental health thing. You guys are like, there's, there's a different, I guess, uh, receptiveness, right, from people. But so this this highly decorated gentleman had stood up and I know you guys are going to totally relate to this, right? But he did this whole speech and it looked like I paid him. <laughs> like He's like, you need to listen to that guy. He's pointing at me, right? I'm the only gun guy in the room. Only when I say gun guy, I'm the only firearms industry. Because I love the fact that this is when, when I first met you, 
four or five years ago, you told me you're the most ungun gun guy in the world. And I, I didn't give myself that nickname. I, I, that's what people <laughs> called me. Yeah. <laughs> because they're always just to make fun of me. Cause they're like, dude, you're like the most ungun gun guy in the world. Like, people would hand me a gun and i was like if i wasn't familiar with it i'm like okay what not what does this knob do <laughs> dude when you only focus on your guns for so long right. and, and you're only in the handgun space right like um you know just and it's not something that i talk about like i that was my work right so like yeah. i'm sitting around dinner tables and people like want to talk about guns and i'm like can we talk about something else like i it's, yeah. i literally just spent the whole day selling them like that's that's how that hunting gun guy thing came about because they're like oh you don't act like it right so this this gentleman though that stood up it was great he said uh he's like you he's like you guys you guys gave me a gun you told me to name it and he's like you made it part of my identity he's like you sent me overseas to kill with it and he's like i did whatever you asked me to do and he's like then i came home and you had no purpose for me anymore and he's like, and the first thing you want to take away from me is the thing you told me to name my identity, which is the gun. Right. And I, that was like the coldest, baddest moment in the room. Like, like I was just like, I would imagine it was silent at that point. Yeah. And it was yeah. great because he's like, listen to this guy. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, this is perfect. Cause now all these people are going to see me in a different light because they're just like, Absolutely. you know, he commanded that type of respect. And, um, you know, the, the White House was a surreal experience. I could have done that and just not even contributed. I could have just been in the room listening because like that, there are some really brilliant minds there. I made some great relationships. Um, you know, my, my work with the you VA. Don't, you don't. Yeah, you don't get asked to the and I, and I know you're downplaying it because of Dynamo. And you don't get asked to the White House for no reason. So there, there's that, you know, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. It just. It's one of those things, like I said, even, you know, even though I kind of had a feeling that the roadmap that they, and you can go online and find the prevents roadmap. It's on there because it prevents suicide. Um, even though I knew that with uh, that this administration, and they did it again. They had another team for the Biden administration, and I was not invited to that. Right. Um, yeah. Some of the discussions we had on the task force a few years back with the VA was amazing because mm -hmm. you, I, I personally heard, and we're talking with like national heads of different, very high up individuals like in the VA. high up in the VA, which I don't know. I didn't, I know I didn't belong there. I was there because of you, but I'm, uh, they're, they're wanting to know why, huh? I said, I didn't belong there either. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. but, but listening to them, they even understand that there is an issue and even the high ups at the VA didn't know what to do because they were asking, what can we do to do this? What can we do to do this? And, and then what can we do to get veterans on our side again? Mm -hmm. That's a much bigger conversation than what we're trying to have right now. We should try to focus on how to fix the problem. If you fix a problem, some of the vets might come back, but if you're if all you're worried about is getting veterans to like the VA again, it's a long road just for mental health. It's 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 much beyond that. But the fact that you were able to get involved, and, and I was lucky to be involved for a short time, but you're talking with powerful people in Washington and they're having the discussion on mental health. That had to have been pretty cool because 
there is a reason why you were asked to that task force as well. You must have impressed someone when at Washington to say, you know, whether or not he's a gun guy or not, he makes some valid points and he's wanting to help. He's right, wanting he's, to help. He's presenting something new. Exactly. Like, it's, it's not the same old stuff that doesn't ever work. You know, yeah. the reason why the VA hasn't gotten better is because they still believe that old stuff will eventually work. You've got to think outside the box. And it sounds weird, but Walk the Talk America is outside the box in, in its essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing is like, and that's the other thing I, I kept, you know, when we give those little speeches, I was like, firearms owners and vets and everybody knows the local gun shop is the place to go, right? Like many vets, many first responders will hang out there. They'll just hang out at a gun shop. I've worked in a few gun shops during my time doing promotions and everything like that. And I always thought, how cool is it that there's like eight people here that aren't going to buy a damn thing, but they're just bullshitting. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're just right. sitting there talking. And and if you want to connect with a individual, whether that be just a regular gun owner or a combat vet or whatever, right? Like you're, yeah. they're going to go to the places they trust to get their information. Sure. And that's why it's so vital to make that information through the channel of firearms. So the firearm could represent freedom. It could represent like your family it could represent you, but it also could represent a gateway for people to get the help they need when they're in crisis, right? Like have it all be encompassing. Um, it, it just made sense. And it, on, you know, since we're talking about the VA stuff and the work that we did with the VA uh, and I'm not going to bore the listeners with this, it's going to mean nothing, but we need to talk. Amy Johnson left the VA Um I'm yeah. actually to do her own thing, and I'm having a meeting with her in the morning. So I'm, I'm kind of interested. Today. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in what she says. For years, you know. Yeah, but did I ever tell you guys about the VA commercial? So, yeah, you and I had talked, and I and, and I, I, we talked about some slogans. I don't remember if you have remember that conversation. We were talking different slogans, and even Jake called and was trying to help. I guess help out a little bit, right? And asked about some slogans, and I was like, "Well, how about this? How about that?" But I never heard what happened to it. So, how did it end up going? We ended up uh, they threw some commercial ideas to us. Yeah, they were filming a commercial, and uh, they asked us to rewrite them. So Jake and I just started rewriting all the commercials, right? And uh, yeah. they said, "Do you want to come out to LA while we film this commercial?" And you know, I said, "Sure." Jake couldn't. He had some. His his heart go out there, and I think they were trying to be really nice to me. You know, like they're like, "Hey, we want to put a cheer him. for you and all that." <laughs> yeah, like, there was like we're gonna put him in the commercial, and it was really funny because when I got on set, and it was like a Hollywood set, like they had gone all out, and I noticed yes. that I was like super old, like compared to everybody else there. And I try to give them an out. I was like, "Hey, you guys don't have to put me in the commercial. This is okay." And then, like, when they're like, no, like, we we want you in this commercial. I was like, do you want me to be, like, the old drug dealer at the party? (laughs) (laughs) Right? I was literally, like. old creepy guy that shows up. Hey, guys. Dude, I graduated high school that's at the high school party, like, 10 years later. Because I was like, should I sell drugs at the party? Like, what? Where's my purpose in this party? And it I was funny because the, my character. <laughs> because the commercial was basically this vet comes home and he's visiting all his old friends and they haven't grown yeah. up. Right. And he's walking through this party and they're just like, yo, bro, like, uh, da, 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 it's good to see you, man. And he's really struggling with, you know, his suicidal ideation and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, so they end up putting me in there and I was a, they made me the bartender. Like I'm sitting at a bar. 
totally makes sense. Uh, but it's really funny because you had all these like young actresses and actors from LA and like you sit around, you make a lot of small talk all over the shoulder. Hey guys. Yeah. It's really funny because like one chick was like, one chick was like, what is this about? And I was like, oh, this is for Trump 20, 2020. And she's like, what? And I'm like, this is a Trump commercial. Like, and I, she like almost like goes white. <laughs> Oh my god. Like, nah, my like, how did you get me on a Trump commercial? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny how people will do commercials and not ask. <laughs> like, because there was a lot of people. It's a paycheck, bro. Yeah. It, that might have been her first commercial. I mean, she was getting a paycheck, you know, or whatever. So yeah, they may not care, but that's awesome. Club, I wanna, uh, you've been kind of quiet. Anything you want to bring up or discuss? Jump in, bro. No, I don't I don't think so. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm just not used to being this quiet. It's just, yeah. it's not like you. Um, yeah. And it, and it's funny. Um, you, you talk about doing that commercial to the VA and that's just a very, uh, I mean, it's a huge thing. Um, but that's just one part of it. We've got to get other organizations and I know Jake's doing a great job on the, on the professional side of mental health. I want to talk real quick, kind of going back to the beginning, not the beginning, but close to the beginning when you, you made contact and a relationship with Mental Health America. Because I know that you said that, that was kind of a big turning point because you realized that you can't just throw money towards Mental Health America and, and, and think that they can solve this. It, it runs a lot deeper. So when you were talking about the, the relationship with Mental Health America a couple, three years ago, where is it? from where it started to now are do you feel that they're kind of on the same at least railroad track where they're starting to understand us a little bit and willing to help or are they still in the learning stages of what the firearm community is because that's a big that's a big organization yeah i think you know i think they just leave me alone and let me do my thing at this point um they used to be heavily invested in, in what i was doing and um i think now they've moved now that they know that i'm not a big paycheck for them like yeah yeah i think that i i so i don't need them to be involved in everything i do i i would like them to be excited about the things that i do but like i like for example i hadn't talked to debbie and you guys have both met debbie she's the vice president of mental health america yeah and then the she, other day she called she's me she's been at the booth a couple different yeah times. Yeah, yeah. She, she called me to check in with me and it's like we have these conversations and we we have very blunt conversations right because she's not a gun person at all um and it was kind of funny she was like super honest she's like yeah I, i've been ignoring you lately but it's not you it's just i've been overwhelmed with everything that's going on in the world and then she's like you know all these they still are in that old school mind frame like there's not enough education there for them to understand um that what they see in the media is not actually the problem with guns right like um i don't know so i i think that they they just kind of let me do my thing uh you know that's good they probably they trust you at least you know they probably trust you more yeah. than they did two three years ago at least uh, oh absolutely and i mean you know you're showing, showing things like this right like absolutely. how are they going to say that's a bad thing like you know you need to get more screens out there it's just like they're sitting there looking for solutions too like on top of it like at one point she had said to me like what are what, what are some other ways we could work together and i was like hey you want to work on maybe enforcing laws that are on the books like that would be one way to start like you know, but there's no, once again, there's no magic team. There's no magic solution. There's no one size fits all solution. That's going to get this solved. We got to, that's what I mean. Like, I think as a gun industry, if we just do it ourselves, 
Yeah. What I can't imagine running a 501 nonprofit organization, not only in the realm of firearms and mental health. That's a tough gig. Tough gig. You sold your company and dedicated your life several years ago to this project. Um, for people that don't know, he owned Eagle Imports. His family's owned Eagle for a long time, but he was at the time owned Eagle Imports. And if you're familiar with Bursa, and uh, they they're one of the largest importers in the country of firearms, sold it to do 100% walk the talk America several years ago. I can't imagine that's been the most profitable. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, but you do it because it's a passion of yours. So first of all, thank you for doing that because it's probably brought stress to the family and the lifestyle and all that, but you're, you're continuing to do it. What I want to say is, is looking back to when you started this a few years back in new Orleans to now, would you have done it again? Ooh, that's a good question, man. I don't would know. You, I, I know you would have done it again. Would you have done it differently somehow? I, I guess what I would have done differently was appreciate the fact that this is going to be a much slower turning ship. Yeah. And, you know, because I get super excited about things and it just made sense to me from the get go. Because when I would, when I walk into rooms, right, like I don't have, I can walk into a room and it could be mom's demand. Brady, every town, just standing there, Giffords, and it's really weird. I, I feel like I'm. This makes sense. This is awful. I feel like I'm better than them at life, right? (laughs) So, like to me, I've never been afraid of those issues or challenges because when if if they want to sit down and and you know I appreciate that man. That's awesome. Um, if they want to sit down and have conversations, I know I'm going to win those conversations. And it's not like a win, lose, I need to win, lose. Yeah. Um, I just know that there's nowhere I'm going to be backed into some weird corner and really screw up. And as a matter of fact, like you use a combination of empathy and then finding out like, you know, and presenting some real factual stuff and, and almost agreeing at some points, right. Because nobody, none of us want people to die. So I I've always had this excitement about it. Cause I, I, I was like, okay, they're going to love us. Everyone's going to love us. And I haven't been wrong about that. To be honest, I haven't, you know what I mean? The really? only pe- I the, they may not the, understand, but they don't hate. Right. Yeah. They actually leave me alone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just leave me alone. Right. Like they kind of just say like, okay, I don't get it or whatever, but I don't like guns, but I love what these people are doing. And I'm real unapologetic. Like I'm a gun guy now. Like, yeah. you know, the guy like that's when I walk in that world, I tell them I'm a gun guy, right? Like they have to understand that. Like I, um, you know, I'm never going to come off of, of the second and restriction. I'm never going to be in favor for that. Even though there's rumors all the time that like, Oh, Mike's up there, you know, trying to do this and stuff like that. It's like, no, I don't rights away. No. Yeah. <laughs> like he compromises and it's like, you know, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you need to compromise anything. I think you could just say like, Hey, look, we're not going to be able to solve that. It's out of our, our reach anyways. Like legislation, that's not my thing. Like I, 
I'll, I'll tell you the reasons why we shouldn't have certain legislation or how that de uh, legislation is more detrimental doing but more we're not good. here. We're trying to do it. We're having another right. conversation here. Yeah. Right. I, I need them to focus on root cause mitigation, right? Like that's, do you really care about saving lives? And that's the whole, whole thing. I've always back to the original point though. I got super excited about what it could be. Mm. And I thought that it would probably catch on fire faster. You know what I mean? I underestimated it. And, you know, I haven't been wrong yet. It's just one of those things where you look back at it and you're like, I bet on myself in terms of like, oh, yes, the money will did. come. <laughs> yes, you did. In so many ways, not just financially, um, you bet on your reputation inside the community, inside the industry, where very easily we know people and we know stories of other people that have tried to open the industry eyes about different things that have been blacklisted, blackballed, shunned away for whatever and all of that. It's got to be tough to be able to say arms core wall, you know, all of these different century. We need to have a conversation on what we can do to help ourselves. Cause ultimately that's what it is. Whether that they see that right away by talking about mental health and how to get to that root cause mitigation, you'll actually strengthen our community and strengthen our industry. But it probably takes a long time for them to see that. Yeah, it's you know we had an incident what, uh, about a couple months ago. I got invited to go talk. Thank you, thank you, Warsaw. I appreciate that. Um, I had an opportunity to speak. I was invited to speak at a event at San Jose State. And the event was for veterans and also put on by Students Demand Action and Moms Demand Action. And uh, really? I, yeah, it was very interesting because I was kind of like, hey, I, I want to go up there just to see the dynamic of mm. how veterans groups going to sit next to, you know, but it's California, so all bets are off. Um, well, that's, true. that's true. Yeah, it was really interesting because um, the gun collective found out I was going. I guess somebody in the gun collective saw one of my posts because yeah. I was once again not afraid. I'm on the poster, the flyer of being one of the speakers. And I'm like, yeah. I can't like there are moms demand action and students demand action. There's Michael Sadini. Right. What the hell? <laughs> and once again, I didn't even think, you know, I didn't think about the blowback that I might get from my own people. I was kind of thinking in my head, like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go up there and murder these fools. Like I'm going to go up there and really bring the conversation back to suicide prevention. I'm not going to let them do say dumb shit about uh, mass shootings to act like that's the issue. And I know it's sensitive in San Jose just because they had a mass shooting uh, not too long ago. That was pretty horrific. Um, yeah. But it was really interesting because the gun collective basically didn't even give me an opportunity to go on any of their platforms and defend myself to go up there, but they didn't realize that I'm crazy and that I literally, this is my life. And then I go through the comment section and respond to everybody who's like traitor, you know, da, 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 da. Um, you know, that the hardest part is seeing guys and girls that are, you know, so pro to a and not taking the time Most to understand our, our allies. Right. And not taking the time to understand it, getting emotional when they see guns and mental health. And then they think that somehow I'm blaming the gun. And, right. uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that is what sucks about it. Um, and, and, you know, that was a blessing in disguise. It could give me an opportunity. And Jake and I went through and we were literally addressing everybody's comments like, okay, 
think about this, right? And we won people over. So I think it's, say, I was like, you probably changed some minds. Yeah. Just taking the time to do those comments. Absolutely. But, you know, here's the thing. And regardless of whether you think I should be in the same room as mom's demand, right? Like, hashtag Michael did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, whether or not you think I should be in the same room as mom's demand, right? If you're the, that weird person who's just like, yeah. You can't even be next to that person. They might touch you and you turn into an anti-gun zombie or some weird thing like that. If you don't attend these events, you will be blown away at the narrative that they can create, right? And yeah. they let me speak first, which is the worst thing they could have done is because oh, yeah. I got up there. You set right, the tone. Set the tone. And the thing is, is like, I'm not going to let you have end gun violence as your slogan. I I want to end gun violence too. Like that that's not yours to keep. Yeah, like you don't get to own that exactly. Right. And for you some reason we just gave that violence. to them. That's the, that's the thing is they truly think that we want gun violence. It's like right. Right. <laughs> right. And here's yeah. the crazy part is like I now have all this information like I see the things that they do and it's brilliant, right? It's super it's super brilliant what they do. And I told this story before, but they the mom's the man lady who she was cool. Like we sat down we were talking. We both have somebody. We're both suicide loss survivors. We have that in common. Um, she, she actually said that she has friends that are in moms of men or gun owners. She doesn't understand what makes us completely different as the legislation piece. Right. Um, but uh, she handed out, they were handing out flyers to every student and everybody in the crowd. And uh, they had all these barcodes on them, you know, like QR codes. Okay. And, and she gets up, and she did something super cool. When I say cool, not what she was doing, but the act of what she was doing. Sure. I, yeah. I looked at Jake. Jake was like 40 yards from me. He was like sitting in the crowd. And I'm like, my mind is blown right now. She gets up and she goes, okay, are we here? This or whatever, yeah. yeah, she's like, who wants to end gun violence? And the crowd like erupts. Sure. Right. As if I were to go up there and said, who doesn't want Ooh, to see yeah. yeah. stop? Yeah. Right. Right. Who wants to end homelessness? Anybody? <laughs> right. Like you can see these phrases, right? Um, yeah. and and the crowd goes crazy and she goes, All right, take out the piece of paper I just gave you. And she goes, I want you to scan QR code number one. And she goes, I want you to fill it out. And she's like, You okay. just took the first step in in ending gun violence. You just contacted so and so and told them that you want to back bill, whatever. Half these kids probably didn't even know what they were backing. But if you get if you dangerous but brilliant, right, dude, super brilliant. Like I looked at Jake and Jake was literally looking back at me. I'm like, he's like, I, I said, I got we got to talk about this, right? But like, this is the so stuff. The next time y'all are gonna have one of those, right? Yes, those, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I yep. mean, and dude, this is the stuff. That's why I'm so angry at the gun collective. Is like, okay, you tried to throw me under the bus, and that didn't work. But now have me on your platform to talk about what I came out of that with. Yeah. Because that's how they're winning, right? Like that's how they're winning. And sure enough, like all that stuff that was on that, they just passed that in San Jose where you have to now have insurance. Screws over poor people, right? Um, it was a bill that they passed in San Jose uh, that if you own a firearm, you have to have insurance on that gun, right? And, and that and, was a big part of it, probably. Yes, because uh, that whole movement, you know, that's what I'm saying. Oh, but there's these supporters 
whether or not they were or not, they supported that bill. If I'm like a middle of the road that doesn't even own a firearm, but I'd stop and yeah. listen, I'm totally going to say like, I want to end gun violence. This seems like, okay, if you're telling me the answer of any gun violence is scanning this it's and filling my name out, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. It's the least I could do. Right? If you don't want to kill puppies and I get to scan something and that helps the puppies, <laughs> right? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, this it's is, you know, really and it was frustrating because my people were the ones that were hardest on me for being up there. Well, I mean, here's the thing is, is G Web says the same thing. The result is positive movement on one side by learning and participating. Um, the results of the other side are more confusing, continued arguments based on ignorance. Very, very true. hundred percent agree. What you took out of that may not have been the message, but the tactics that they use, because let's, let's, we, you can say what you want to about the other side. They're well-funded. They're mm -hmm. relatively well-organized. More importantly, their tactics are good. Being able to see their tactics allows us to utilize their tactics, but in a different way. But I mean, there's, can you imagine the next time that you go to something like that and you're the first speaker again and you have this flyer who wants to end gun violence? Boom, you know, boom, 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 boom. And you've got a QR code that goes to getting rid of red flag laws, supporting, a, a, you know, hey, we want to, we want to, we want to end the NFA. We want to get rid of the NFA uh, or whatever. We want to get right at, rid of magazine capacity bans in california and that's where your qr code goes to why can't we utilize that it's a, it, it, we can say what we want to about them but that's brilliant that was yeah, a really the, the, the other thing too so when i got up there to speak because i was the first one to speak besides the event organizer right um and i, I took I, the first thing i did is like i'm from vegas you know and i said you guys you guys know what happened in mandalay bay october 1 Right. I said uh, 59 people died that night, uh, including the shooter. And I said, that's that's a lot. Right. I said, but we lose 67 people a day to suicide by firearm. I told the crowd that. Right. So I brought it back to suicide. Stop acting like it's, not done, it's the problem. Right. And that was the that was the perfect, you know, to me. Then everybody that came after me couldn't start bullshitting. <laughs> like they had to say they had to address suicide and it's funny because they wrote an article about it and mm -hmm. uh i i have the article it's from the san jose mercury or something like that and uh it basically says like the the, the lady from mom's demand she's like i'm glad sadini was here because he brought the conversation back to suicide and that's never talked about so she actually admitted it um, that's a positive i mean you know it, it's it's a step in, in a direction it might not be the right but it's a it's it's a step away from their propaganda speech stump speech that's a positive thing absolutely yeah i mean that, once again it's like at least i got to say in front of these kids like hey legislation isn't going to stop any of this you know you have to you have to go for root cause mitigation you have to find solutions it's regardless of the person's taking their own life or snapping and going doing something horrific there's there's something that could have gotten in their way right we're not saying we can stop it one or yeah absolutely right. so give them the opportunity especially if they're really into guns to 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 say like i don't have to really do 
You know, it's crazy about, we talk about like crisis and Clover and I've had this conversation. It's like, when you go into crisis, you're not even thinking. You know how many times like people are in crisis and you're like, yeah, just Google that. And they're like, I didn't even think to do that. <laughs> right. Like make it as easy as possible for people to figure that's out right. how to get help or where to start. Like, that's, that's number one. It is, and I'll let Clover come in here in a second, but I, I you know, how do I put this? Where you are now, <clears throat> obviously where you started a few years ago, almost four years ago. Is that right? Almost four years ago. Holy cow. That's crazy. Almost four years ago. What you guys have done is amazing. And I tell you this, I tell you this all the time. I don't think that you understand the impact as much as we from the outside looking in, because it's a grind. You're always grinding. You're always looking for this and the other. I don't think that you, we see the impact that Walk the Talk America is having in our industry and in our community more, more probably than you do. Okay. So let's preface by saying that. But knowing now what you know and where you're going, do you want Walk the Talk America to be that Google for the gun community about mental health? I mean, do you want that to be? Or what have you, has, how put this guy? I don't want to ask 17 questions in one because Clover make fun of me. Have you shifted your goals and your wants out of what Walk the Talk America, what you want to become now versus when it started? Has it shifted at all? Yeah, it, I mean, it shifts all the time. It depends on what is happening, right? So, like, now I'm getting roped into more positive legislation for the gun industry, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense, right? Because sure. I once again, it's a thing that we say, like we hear legislation and we're automatically like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But there is legislation that makes sense for gun owners. And that comes in the form of um, like getting sales tax removed from safes. Absolutely. Right? Like encouraging more people to, to make it more affordable so people can buy safes. Now I get it. You're going to have listeners that are like, I don't need a safe. But some people do. Right. And some people have kids running around and, you know, whatever. Um but there's also other legislation that we can chip away at, which is like the transfer laws that have no uh, good Samaritan clause in them. Sure. Right. So we're, we're not going to be able to get rid of these laws. They're here to stay most likely, but right. we could also now start fixing them. Um, Cause it's ridiculous that I, you know, in the state of Nevada where I'm at, I can't give you or Clover my firearm if I'm in crisis and you walk out the door, we've committed a crime. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes zero sense. It doesn't even make sense Absolutely. to the mental health side of things. It's only when I bring that up to the mental health community, they're blown away that there's no good Samaritan clause. It's because they never thought about it. Right. So like th that's where, you know, for people outside of the gun industry, I want me uh, walk talk America to almost be an information center. It's like I can call mm -hmm. this guy and I can get the information I need and I can see where my view of things may have been problematic. Now, as far as for the gun industry, I would love for Walk Talk America to be that Google, but it, yeah. what more that I want of it is, is to inspire gun owners to be like, they can't take that away from me either. Like I can talk about mental health and I can be proactive about mental health. Right. Um, yeah. Because you know, I think a lot of the discussion for the average person, that's the gun owner that is two a aware, not saying a two a, you know, activists or even, you know, someone that's, but they're too a aware. Even talking about mental health, they feel, oh, I don't want anyone to hear me mention mental health or mental illness because they might think that I have a mental disease or whatever. First of all, no, shut up. And two, if you do, what's wrong with that? Right. I mean, you're, you're, once again, you're, you're vilifying the people that actually are, but 
what's wrong with, I mean, you can't typically, you can't help having a, a break or a crisis. It just happens. So we're still in our own community vilifying people that, because I think I heard you or you or Sarah uh, on another podcast last week. And they said, I hate the word crazy. Like people think because you hear mental health, that that means you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And the term crazy has a lot of different tentacles out there that are far reaching that uh, are not good. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where the, the words that we use, they don't mean what a lot of people think they mean. And like you said, we should be able to have a discussion within our own community about mental illness, just like it's a common cold. Right. We shouldn't be embarrassed. We shouldn't be scared. We shouldn't be any of these things to have this discussion because right now, and I think it's changing, but yeah, at one point that was, Hey, don't even acknowledge that elephant in the room. Don't even acknowledge it because if we acknowledge it, it's true. Well, what if it is true? What's wrong with it being true? Two thirds of all firearm deaths are by suicide. 50% of all deaths in America suicide are caused by firearms. So it's like, okay, these are the facts. And the quicker that our community and our industry absorb that and own it and not allow them to use it against us, I don't think people understand that it, it turns the tide in our direction because they can't use it anymore. Right. It's a mental jujitsu, if you will, right? Absolutely. It's like eight mile. When Eminem said, this guy's going to say all these things about me, so I'm going to yeah, take it away from him. Yeah. All right. You have nothing. And it's not like we're just saying, um, you know, it's not our problem. We're actually providing solutions, like the things that we right. do, the training of the mental health clinicians, the, you know, the screenings, the the work that we do uh, when organizations, uh, you know, I don't even know how to phrase this, but like when organizations are about to back a stupid bill, yeah. like I love getting the phone call from said organization, right? If people at Mental Health America know, need to understand why they're, they shouldn't back something that's being proposed to them. I need to get that call. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's really not, it's not rocket science. It's, just, <laughs> it's literally just about being better, man. It's, nothing wrong with being a socially conscious 2A. Being um, better and being willing to have the tough conversation. Because what they say, the first step to the, the, the sorry, uh, the first step to healing is admitting you have a problem. The industry and our community need to under we de- we know the problem. We need to acknowledge the problem and move on with the problem and help, like you said, help solve. Is it going to be solved? I would love to sit there and say one day there will not be any suicides, period, whether by firearm or anything else. We know that's just not the case. But if we can give people an idea of how they can deal with it. To remind, I tell people every week when I start the show, you're not alone. There are people out there that are able and willing to help. The hardest thing we've got to give is not only the community and the industry to acknowledge it and start the step forward to helping find the cause or the, the, the root cause mitigation, but the problems, the solutions, more importantly, just be willing to have that open conversation. 
because let people decide what their own solutions are. But if no one's having the conversation, you're not planting that seed with anyone. And I think that you're you have in the last, in a short few years, you have gone into the industry. If you would have told me, if I would have told you four years ago that when, within four years, a major ammo manufacturer, a major manufacturer and importer in America was going to put your company's website and slogan on every single ammo box that's a that's a major win you probably would have thought not there's no way that happens in four years maybe you did i don't know but for me that that's a huge deal because that might be the stone that turns the tide yeah we got to please our own and uh i think that's a first start right like just just think about that like no one could get that done except for ourselves Right. Like we are the only ones that can do that unless the government wanted to come down and say, like, you have to. But that's a mandate, which we're going to avoid. Yeah. If we do it first. Either way, it's not good. Yeah. It just needs to stay within our own community. You know what I mean? Like there's not any other walk of life where if someone said we're handling it ourselves. Right. Like we're 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 handling it ourselves like people would even have an issue with that. So we should do that too. Like, let's handle it ourselves. And, you know, quite frankly, if you don't understand it, you don't get it. We'll go battle that shit out in court, man. Like that's what that yeah, shit's getting out of that fight. There are other yeah. people that do understand it and are willing to fight that fight. If you, just because you agree, doesn't mean that you need to be involved in the fight, yeah. but what you don't need to be is be against the fight. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, we've yeah. come a long way, man. Like it's, yeah. uh, as down as I can get on it sometimes, it's just like, there's a lot of, you know, like I said, you know, I got an optic company bison out there, like they're putting in flyers, like people get it and they understand it. And if we just kind of like unify towards it, we have a spot at the table because we once again can yeah. provide the places that they can't get to even the VA, man, like all those conversations with the VA and the VA was just like, yeah, we can't, we can't attend shot show like that, you know, because of their red tape. We don't have tape. <laughs> if we can just go get things done, you know, 100%. Yeah, so uh Clove, come on, jump in here. Uh you've been, like I said, you know, surprisingly quiet. And I know that you've had a discussion with Mike on your podcast and you're allowing us to have our discussion. That's great, but I'm sure that there's stuff that um uh, we need to bring up that I might have forgotten to bring up or something that you remember and you wanted to bring up. So go for it. No, I mean I honestly can't, you know, can't think of anything. We've covered a lot of ground. You know, I, I do know that. You know, I've said it a bunch of times, but I don't know. I don't know that Walk the Talk America is where it is without Mike. And so I, um, I don't <laughs> think I don't think a lot of people understand that. I don't think that he necessarily gets a lot of credit. Um, it, and if I was going to ask something, yeah, I, I would think so. Running eagle imports has the ability to delegate to utilize resources to identify resources that can be used has that helped you because it seems like it has that's that's why i say i think you're you know you're the guy that that the only guy that could have made this happen the way that it did and i'm wondering if since i think that if it's because of some of your 
the way you did business or whatever with Eagle kind of played into your ability to recognize different avenues and who to tap for those avenues and and in navigating Walk Talk America forward. Yeah, well, my relationships from Eagle is really what made Walk the Talk successful out of the shoe. I don't think, you know, I think it needed to have a board and some leadership that had. And you got one hell of a board, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I was really lucky there because I had relationships with guys like Colian Noir and um, Kenyon Gleason, who's the president of NASUW, and John Renzulli, who's a lawyer for Clock. You know, so I had these built-in relationships that people could at least say like, okay, if, if he screws up, he's screwing up his livelihood. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and that helped. Right. Cause I, I, like even somebody like Collins, Colin Noir, like, um, I've just, oh, got, did you just say <laughs> the, the, just worst secret, the worst secret in the industry? But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, his name's not Coley on Noir. Really? Come he's on. not a cologne. No. Yeah. Um, uh, he has yeah. gotten me. Just his name alone has gotten me some of these meetings, right? But um, you know, I've had to. You have to. I don't think there's a walk to talk America if there's no Eagle Imports. I mean, just plain and simple. That's it. You know what I mean? Well, you talk about and Clover talked about. Clover talked about it from the business side of things. You're talking about it from the relations side of things. I'm going to talk about it. I think that you and your background brought validity right out of the gate for Walk and Talk. It wasn't like me and Clover started this where nobody's that no one knows who the hell they are. And we're starting this thing that no one's like, eh, whatever you brought immediate validity to the cause because of your background, who you are, your real, all of that, your business sense, your relationships, all that combined. But you never had to, you never had to walk into a room with an industry and say, hi, my name is Mike. I've been doing this, blah, blah, blah. Here's my background. They knew you. Yeah. You walked into a meeting and they're like, oh shit. Like that dude owned Eagle Imports. I mean, like you brought validity to it out of the gate and that probably helped as well yeah it definitely helped and my family's reputation and really helped you know go back Absolutely. to the nepotism thing like uh just like my uncle who he was my grandfather you know at one point my grandfather had run savage you know i, I don't know if you guys are familiar with savage but no. oh, he's yeah. the president of savage so um there was a lot of things that went my way and this wasn't just hard work you know, this is like literally getting the support of people and all these things that happened like the luck of uh how i was received with mental health america right like that's yeah. that was just a that, change. that changes things if it's if it, if it goes the wrong way right yeah you, you don't get that opportunity again with them you know no and that's that's just you know i think some stars fell in place but once again like what are we doing <laughs> like there was really nowhere to go except for this standstill of kind of sitting at the other, opposite side of the table and being like it's your fault no it's your fault you know, right. like this is not our. We all know it's not the gun. The gun is the tool. Like that's it, right? And and you know, these are the things that I'm able to. That's one of the cool things about, uh, you know, when I get to challenge people with their uh, their ideation about things like, uh, you know, their ideology of, of things like red flag laws and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, you come and take people's guns, but you don't really care about the person. And they're like, no, that's what it is. It's to prevent something tragic i'm like but you don't what, like they don't what they don't know is is what if you are found to be not mentally incapable 
Right. Are you going to support my way of getting my guns back? Right. And, and they, they don't, don't care, though. They don't take anything else. They don't take the rope out of the house. They don't take the knives out of the house. They don't empty the. They don't drain the pool. They don't, they don't, they don't drain your gasoline and make sure that the garage door can't close. Oh, they don't do any right. of that stuff. Yeah, they don't care about That's any of that. I had a friend die is, is, you know, close the garage door and went to sleep. You never and, hear anyone talking about that. No, right? I, I, that's how I lost a, a, a ex girlfriend of mine. She did the exact same thing, right? And that's that's one of the things that I think is really important. And once again, it brings the importance of having this and coming to the table because you can't make those arguments, and you know, unless you're shouting at a town hall, it, you, right. you really can't. And unless you're, you have to be embedded in it. You have to be there at the table. You have to be, get the invites which Walk to Talk America does. I'm on the governor's challenge. I'm on the mayor's challenge um, on, in numerous states. Uh, those are the things that like we need uh, yeah. to work towards this thing. Well, we don't yes. have, I mean, I mean, we don't have an avenue. And maybe some people out there do. And if you do, start your own cause. We'll right? get into contractor with or, him with your avenue. Yeah. Whatever, right? I mean, if you're into yeah. uh, ropes or garages or knives or medications or something right i mean and, and you want to start the you know stop suicide from that angle all means do it but you know people get hung up a lot of times on the gun is the tool you know we yeah you're right we know that but again we can't overlook that it's a quick easy effective way to get the job done right and so knowing that we have to have solutions. We have to present solutions. We have to be proactive. And if we, if we take that approach to try to lower the number of suicide by firearm, what other industries could potentially, or people in those industries, right, come forward and go, hey, look what the firearm community did. I wonder if Big Rope or Big Garage or whoever, I wonder Big if we Fima. could do this the same thing. I wonder if we could. And then then the alliances between all those different sure. communities, the alliances 100%. to say, we can now join forces and really combat this with different resources that all those groups have. I mean, right. that's probably the great thing. I mean, that's that's a great pipe dream, but why can't it happen? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to be we don't we don't want to be the cigarette cup. Uh you yeah, know, the tobacco industry. It's better yeah. than <laughs> let them do that. Yeah. Um, man, I didn't realize it's just two hours into this and I don't want to keep you any longer than we have to, uh, real quick before I start letting you talk about where they can find you and all of that. Here's the real simple kind of, I mean, it's not a simple, but, uh, the, the question that may be a simple one, but in your mind, what's the end game as you see it right now, what's the end game? Oh, the end game, I, I guess for, for, see, once again, because I always break everything up, right? It's like the end game for it changes every week. You yeah. Know? The other side and the end game for the firearms community. I, the end game for me, the big one yep. is, I said this earlier in the show, get the gun industry where the alcohol industry got with DUIs. There you go. Absolutely. 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 hundred percent. Uh, Clove, you got anything else before we, uh, let Mike talk a little bit about where they can find them? Nah, I'm good. Okay. So, Mike, I want to kind of go and I'm going to be putting links out there to the social media. First of all, all the links, including social media links, are in the description below. You go to walkthetalkamerica.org or wtta.org. You're going to be able to find all those social media links, the podcasts, and everything. But uh, 
I want people to, you know, where can they find you if they're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever, and they want to follow you on those specific platforms, where can they find you and how can they get a hold of you or someone with the organization if they need to? So if you just want to contact walk, talk America, it's at walk, the talk us. That's uh, that's on all the platforms at walk, the talk us. And then if you just want to get a hold of me, uh, my Instagram, probably the best way is at Michael underscore Sedini. Um, it's also the same on um, uh, Facebook and uh, I think on Twitter as well. So uh, we're, we're pretty responsive. Somebody will get to you. Um, you know, so any of those places you want to find me at for WTTA, it's at walk the talk us. And it's kind of cool. If you go on there, you know, you can see kind of like almost a four year history um you know a lot of our success has been on there and the things that we've accomplished and stuff like that so um you know definitely reach out if you have any questions or you need something or you have an idea or there's a way that you feel like you can help like we'll take it <laughs> you know yeah. not too proud to beg for help and money Absolutely. yeah no well i mean that's what we you know and that, that, that's the thing is i don't think people understand in general how a 501c happens you have to give up a lot on a hope that it works yeah and you've given up and now that you and you're not complaining i've never known you to complain about anything where you have absolutely every right to complain about how things don't always work out the way you think at least as quickly or you know this that, and the other i've never known you to complain about anything because you have a passion for walk the talk america but I don't think people really understand the grind, the hours you I'll put it to you this way. I, I made up and, and, and we laugh about it, but I made I said something to you that it, it shot that it came out wrong. But I said, man, you look terrible. And you're like, oh, well, fuck you. You know, thanks. You know, and, and you knew what I meant. But I, I had never seen you like looking that just tired. And I know that you've been working your ass off and you probably need some help you know and all of that um but i had never seen you physically look that tired and i was like he's busting his ass and i don't think people understand it's kind of the duck in the water on top of the water the duck looks real serene and peaceful underneath those legs are just going 90 miles an hour that's probably how it is because you you always put the the look on hey we're good. We're good. We're, we're working. We're working. We're, it, it's all it is. But I know it's got to be just an absolute grind for you, your family, your friends. You know, this is going to consume a lot of your time, is it not? Yeah. I mean, it takes up. Yeah, I didn't get paid for this until year two and a yeah. half. Like the two and a half year mark is when I first was able to take a salary. And I went from a salary. It's a joke. Like... <laughs> It did. My salary, just to show you what I did, my salary didn't cover my rent. Right. My, my salary. You go, does, and you go from owning owning an import company to right. Technically, if 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 you didn't have the previous life, you wouldn't be able to pay rent. Right. It, it provided me the opportunity to do what I really love, which is this. Right. I really enjoy this. Uh, but it, you know, people need to understand if one of the reasons why I look so beat up at Chacha Cha too, is because like when I have these meetings and people are like, um, Hey, we're really interested in donating. We want to see your three five to 10 year plan. 
it, you know, where's our money going? And I wanted to be like, fuck you. Look <laughs> the money. Yeah, like, let's yeah. go backwards. Right. Like, look what I did without asking you for money. You know right. what I mean? Like, um, and I get it. You need these things and it's stuff like that. But you, sometimes you come out of these meetings, you're a little deflated because you're like, damn, they just moved the goalpost on something that like, I don't even have time for right now. Like, I don't need you to be take like 10 years. You know what I mean? Down. Absolutely. G23. Uh, first of all, we don't ask, nor do we encourage super chats, but we do. Thank you. We send all of those to uh, send care packages to our troops downrange. G23 says $100. Split this between WTTA and our servicemen and women who are downrange. So I will be sending uh, a donation to Mike in G23's name for 50 bucks. So thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Man, I've, you know what? I'm going to send all 100 of it to it. We're good. All hundred dollars of that's going to go to you guys, and, and I know in the grand scheme of things, hundred dollars, hundred dollars, no. but every hundred dollars helps when you're talking about fighting this fight. Yeah, dude. Let me tell you something. Like a hundred dollars is a big deal, and I'll tell you why. It is a big right? Deal. We send out these care packages to gun shops that have the uh, the mental health flyer, right? Um, and and so sometimes bands and everything like that. Every time I send one of those packages because of the weight, it's twenty something dollars, right? So we're talking about like you you may have just paid for you have right like five of these to go out to gun shops right mm -hmm. like there's a lot of like expense that seems really silly but it nickel and dimes the the organization that's, so that's much yeah. so that's that's a living example of where that goes you know what i mean yeah absolutely so out there and, and, and the reason why i said that is is a lot of people sit there and say well i've only got five i can only you know donate five dollars or whatever that's the thing. Don't think that your five dollars isn't helping. Your five dollars, and you get twenty other people to do five. Oh, there's a hundred dollars, and then you get twenty other people to do a hundred dollars. Every cent helps. So a hundred dollars for G twenty three. Thank you. I will. I'm. I'm going to send hundred percent of that to Mike. So I'll be making that donation online. If you want to, if people do want to donate um, to the cause, how can they do that? Where can they find a place to donate? Uh, they can just go to WTTA.org. Yeah, yeah, they can go to WTTA.org. Like I said, um, everybody that has done this, I, I do have a salary now. It's a very humble salary. I promise you that. It, it is very small uh, compared to what I'm used to making. I know that doesn't mean shit to you, but like um, right. we don't have any high salaried employees. Uh, no, Like, I am the only paid employee. Everybody else. You're, you're the employee. <laughs> yeah, I'm the employee. Um, and I had to do that because I just eventually had to make a living of, of, from some of this. But uh, everybody else that does this, the Jake Wiskershans, the Rob Pinkuses, the the Jay Hoods, you guys met Jay at SHOT Show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everybody there donates their time. So uh, all of our expenses and everything like that, uh, the, one of the cool things about um, – the organization is our biggest donor is also the person that I let run our books. Right. So, uh, Dustin from Dustin Jones from arms Corp. Yeah. Uh, I, they have everything, right. So they, they, they donate the most and I, they also offered to handle that for me. So I, I, I promise 100%. you. Yeah. Like I, I it's, it's out of Here. my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it truly is. And it's, I love telling Dustin that because I'm like, how good am I? Like, I don't even spend any money on nothing. You know what I mean? Because I'm always trying to call people and, and get them to donate whatever it is, whether it's printing or anything like that. Oh, that's another way. If anybody knows any printers that might want to step up, uh, we're always looking for people to make the cards for us and, and little mm -hmm. things like that, like think outside of the box. But yeah, one of the things I'm proud of is just the fact that like 
I let the penny pinching be like somebody else to monitor that. Like I, Absolutely. you know, uh, it makes me feel good because I'm real big on that now. Like everything I do when people ask for money for donations, because I'm like, I really want to know where that money goes. Because like, to me, at least I know, like I'm giving hundred percent to what we do, <laughs> you know? hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, real quick before I have my closing thoughts, Clove, um, thanks for joining in. And I know that um, yeah. Yeah. you enjoy this conversation as much as I do. So any closing thoughts yeah. on all that, go for it. Uh, just, uh, you know, thanks to Mike for coming on. Thanks for everything he does. We got your back. So holler if you need anything. Yep. Yeah. Um, thank you guys, by the way, you know, that. I love you. We, I've got, we, um, yeah. No mental health, con mental health conversation tonight. Tomorrow is physical health. I've got my medic on a podcast, which should be nice. fun. Uh, and then uh, well, Chase and also mental health because if you're physically healthy, then you're going to be mentally healthy. Probably. Well, this is true, but that's usually uh, trauma, you know, accidents and things like true. that. But um, and then Chase with the EAA, uh, which coincidentally was the video drop for the day, the Gerson MC 1911 S10 10 millimeter. Uh, that video dropped today. And uh, we've got Chase with the EAA, uh, who, of course, imports Gerson um, Thursday. So um should be a pretty good week absolutely yeah thanks for coming on bro i really appreciate uh you just kind of along this ride this journey with me and uh and all that always riding shotgun and all that appreciate you as far as walk the talk america i'll put links out there um they're in the description whether you're watching this in replay you're listening to it on podcast form in the description and all that if you are not watching this live, if you're watching this replay or listening to this in podcast form or whatever platform you are on, if you have comments, you have questions, if you have something that needs to get a hold to Mike and you can't find where to contact him, utilize the comment section. I will make sure that any comments or questions that need to get to Clover or Mike will get there and answered and all of that. Um, more importantly, we say this all the time. Please don't let this discussion and this conversation stop at this live stream. We say that every week about this. If you're ever going to take that and do something with it, this conversation, this topic, this is the one that needs to continue. Um, whether it's at your local gun shop, at your local range, or with a state representative, your mayor, the governor, whatever, whoever an anti-gun person, whoever will listen, this conversation, I'm sorry, my, my dog sees a deer in the front yard, but um, <laughs> she thinks that they're friends, but they're not. <laughs> but this conversation needs to be the one that continues. We know we want to talk about legislation and all of that stuff. This, what Mike is doing is bringing the 2A community to this discussion but this discussion is so much bigger than two-way. So please put your politics aside when you're talking about suicide and mental health and mental illness because it is much bigger than the two-way. The two-way is a part of this, and we're glad that Mike has brought the two-way to the discussion. But this conversation is a huge one all over the world, and this conversation needs to be had wherever and whenever you can. Please be on the lookout of any family, friends, loved ones, people that you know at work, whoever it is that have a, a, a change in personality, have a change in whatever, 
there could be something going on that they don't even know about. They may not even realize that they're having problems. Address it. Make them feel comfortable. Make sure that they know that they have someone they can talk to. They have someone that they can bounce ideas off. And by the way, if you need to, you can help them get help as well. Please don't let this conversation in. This is a big one, not just in our gun and our two-way gun-loving community and industry. This is a worldwide we talk pandemics. This is a worldwide epidemic of mass proportions. Suicide's a real thing all over the world. Let's help combat mental illness, especially in the gun community. Thank you to Clover. Thank you to Mike, especially to Mike. Thank you for what you're doing. You know, we got your back. We, we can't offer a lot, um, but we can give you a platform and we can help you in any way. If you need help, doing anything you know that we're always here to help in any way possible but thank you for doing what you're doing go support them in any way possible whether it's printing out flyers and taking them to your local gun shop buying bracelets buying whatever donating i put a link out there to to help support through donation um g23 mike says he wants to get you on one of his panels one of these days we'll i'll make sure that if you're not uh connected with g23 We'll make sure you guys get connected um, and all of that. Um, contact him if you can't find him uh, through any of the ways he's talked about. Get a hold of me, G23, and I'll connect you guys if you need to, or Clover can as well. Um, but, yeah, um, any way that you can get Mike out there to get to ears because the story is real, his passion is real, the organization is as good as it gets. So um, thank you so much for Mike. Thank you, everyone. G23, freaking rock star. Thank you so much for the super chat. Really do appreciate it. Guys, we will see you next week. Simplify.